This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining us right here on off the script this is your aew dynamite post show for october 12th 2022 i am your host jd from new york as always coming to you from the beautiful ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me and jesse on this wednesday evening wherever you may be brother you're looking good man what's going on over there yeah look, look at this guy it looks like he's got a new camera over here man oh my goodness Hey man, I couldn't do it out the with the help of without the help of these fine people out there. Look man. at this guy! Look at this guy, man! Coming, becoming a professional, man! Right before our very eyes! Gotta, Holy shit! You gotta reinvest into your channel, man. I, That's I exactly. What? Why, why do you think I got the venue made, bro? Why? Hey man, you know, saying man, I, I I don't take the money and run, man. We put it back into I the product know. around here. Man. I know. There you go. Look, look at that. Look at that. He's learning. He's learning along the way, man. You love to see it. Jesse, what's going on, man? How'd you like this show from Toronto? Tony Khan and AEW first venture into the Great White North, man. I thought it was a great show tonight. Yeah, man. It's, you know, how can you put on a bad show with a crowd like that, man? You never put on a bad show in Canada, man. The fans are amazing. No, man. They 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 kind of hold you to a higher standard there, which I which I kind of appreciate. Because when, when you do well, man, they give you reactions like we got tonight. Yeah. But the flip side of it. You do something stupid, they'll let you know. The show tonight emanated from Toronto, the Coca-Cola Arena, I believe they were emanating from. Obviously, the big thing that happened tonight was Chris Jericho and Brian Danielson for the Ring of Jericho World Championship. We will go over that. Uh, I thought the match was fine, uh, as always. I mean, I don't think Danielson or Jericho together uh, have put on a bad match. I, I, I think they're they're incapable of putting on a bad match, but the ending, Jesse, is what people are talking about. Um, what what do you think of that ending, man? I, I don't know where we're going with this, but it, it seems like they've actually uh, gone backwards as far as what's going on there. Did Jesse get cut? Did this guy bounce already? This guy left me. Where did he go? 
Where did this guy go? Did he did he oh, did he accidentally back out of the street? Look at this fucking guy. What happened? Uh that was your fault, dude. That was that was me? No, man. I accidentally closed the window. Of course you did. <laughs> Bless my bad. What did I think about the ending of the Jericho Brian match? Is that where you're going with this? That's what I that, that's what I asked. I, I said the match the match itself. The match itself was this fucking guy's blaming me. Uh, the the match itself was was fine as uh, as everything they have been doing has been up until this point. But the ending man it looked like it was a little counterproductive there by by AEW with the story that was unfolding, and then we are, are going in a completely different direction. No, I don't. I don't think it was counterproductive at all. Uh, I think I even mentioned this um, a few weeks back when all of this started, and um, we were trying to make sense of it and everything else. I even said that they can go ahead and go full babyface with um with um with Garcia or they may go back and just double down on his heel run and and, and it could be just as effective because now what we're going to be set for is an intense feud with Garcia and Danielson and they're accomplishing what they want to do Jericho and Brian they want to make sure that um, Garcia gets over to to the best of his abilities and I think they succeeded at that tonight. They just needed they just needed a definitive direction as to where they were gonna go. And they made that decision tonight. He's staying full heel. So um the crowd is gonna hate what he did and give him more heel heat and get them more behind Brian and their um upcoming match, which is uh, inevitable at this point. Yeah, uh, I could see that uh going exactly how you laid it out there, and we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. Uh, the other big thing that happened tonight was Orange Cassidy and Pac. That was the main event of the show. The Ring of Honor title was not in the main event of tonight's show. Uh, I figured when we saw Jericho and Danielson come on around the 9 o'clock hour that Orange Cassidy and Pac were going to main event and that was probably going to be set up for a Pac uh, world title victory here for the All-Atlantic Championship, and that's exactly what it was. He wins his first title in AEW. I know uh, nobody is a really big fan of the All-Atlantic Championship, Jesse, but... Uh, Pac and Orange Cassidy still did have a banger of a match. It's just something that really doesn't mean a lot. Wait, which championship? The All-Atlantic Championship. What do you got? You got fucking... What do you got? Uh, birds in your apartment? What was that? Cr- fucking what is crickets, that? man. I don't have an apartment, bro. I got a... <laughs> Hey, why don't we address these bombs? They are, I mean, we, we got to. Bro. Answer we got the question, to. man. I'll get to the bombs in a second. What, what, what did you think of the main event? The main event. So, as you know, because I, I sent it to you multiple times tonight, um, watching a match with, with Pac and Orange Cassidy, I don't think will ever be a bad match. Those are just two entertaining wrestlers. I like how Pac can come down to... Orange's comedy um, level, but at the same time, Orange can go up to Pac's um, in-ring work rate level, so they can come together, meet in the middle. The match is never going to be bad, but I'm going to be honest here, man. I don't know about anybody else in the chat that might hate this or agree, but I just don't give two shits about that title they were fighting for tonight. Well, how could you when Pac has defended the title three times on Dark and only two times on TV? TV? Yeah, I mean, I just, as far as I'm concerned, we were just watching a nice a nice match between Orange and Pac. It could have opened the show. It could have been in the middle. I mean, nothing. I find, I find the FTW title more interesting than that Atlantic Championship or whatever because 
I'm interested in what Hook is doing. So that alone, that's already one reason that I like that title more. And that's one more reason than I have to care about the Mid-Atlantic Championship. The uh, All-Atlantic Championship. Whatever it is. <laughs> I don't even know the name of the title, bro. You see what I mean? I, I don't give a shit about it. <laughs> I actually thought you did that on purpose. No, the Mid-Atlantic really Championship. I'm not even kidding, man. I just don't give a shit about that title. I'm sorry. I'm trying. It's not like I'm not trying to care about it, but they're not giving me a reason to care I, about I, it. I know, bro. Well, well, again, we'll talk about that. I thought they had a very good match, as they usually do. Uh, but we will talk about that. Um, it, it should be something that the company should definitely take notice of. But, you know, only time will tell on that. The other big thing to me that happened, running down the list of, uh, of things that happened tonight, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, bro, they had a very, very good match. I would say a great match to open the show. Pay-per-view level worthy match to open Dynamite tonight. And it had the right outcome, which I was surprised by. And I love the work. Jungle Boy has been great. But we have discussed this uh, a lot on this show, that Luchasaurus, the heel Luchasaurus, had so much promise, bro. And we've seen all of that come out tonight, man. He looked like a monster, and the right decision was made. Yeah, yeah. I um, I think the match was was fantastic. But as good as the match was, I don't think the match was as good as the story that they told in the ring. Yep. You know, I, th- I just think it all came together. I mean, the outcome was perfect. Um, Luchasaurus had to win, you know, at least the very first match against uh, Jungle Boy. It just it just had to be. Or Luchasaurus was going to be dead in the water with his heel turn. And with Christian on the outside, you know, being the distraction and being the reason that we never really get a definitive answer on if Jungle Boy could have beat Luchasaurus. Because it wasn't like, oh, he was going to beat Luchasaurus until Christian Cage interfered and helped. No, it was more like a he could have won. It's possible, but we yep. won't know. Because we never really get down to the ending and to the nitty-gritty of the match. So Luchasaurus walked away with the W. I think that was very well told. And it leads us into whatever the next chapter is in that feud. Yeah, uh, I loved everything that they did personally in that ring tonight. And again, uh, I'll go over some of the things that I uh, actually specifically loved about the Jungle Boy Luchasaurus match. And we had a lot to talk about, guys, so I I appreciate everybody joining us here tonight as people are still filing on in to uh, the podcast here live on YouTube. I do want to shout out two $100 Super Chats, so I got to give a round of applause to not only everybody in the chat, but Lucharillas with a $100 Super Chat and Nick Williams with a $120 Super Chat. Thank you, gentlemen, very, very much. You guys can get in uh, on the Super Chat. Fun like Nick and like Lucharillas and get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Gentlemen, thank you so very much for all of your support and thank you to everybody that has shown support all day long. I was live earlier this afternoon with a little extra so uh, thank you guys for all the great love and support today on the podcast. Jesse, before we get into the Dynamite post-show and the breakdown, there is uh, two pieces of information I do want to go over as far as news in AEW. Renee Paquette, let's start off with this. Renee Paquette, she is now All Elite. It is official. I think everybody was kind of, you know, guessing along the lines that John Moxley decided to stay with All Elite Wrestling for another five years, which is a great decision, an absolutely monumental decision by John Moxley and Tony Khan to have that man on board as he is the ace of the company. 
And everybody was kind of piecing this puzzle together like, oh, shit, now Renee, you know, WWE's courting her. They want her back. There's rumors about that she might go back and work with WWE again. But with Moxley staying in AEW, it was the only sound decision for that family to make. She'll now be on the road with her husband. And she is the definition, the very definition of professionalism. And she's going to up the ante as far as AEW production is concerned. She is fantastic at what she does. And no matter what you do with her or where you put her, man, it's going to make the show better. Yeah, man. Um, She is going to bring just a certain level of journalistic integrity to the show, if that that makes any sense. Um, She's very likable. I've never heard of anyone not liking... um, to listen to and hear from Renee Paquette. Dude, we got to stop this shit. This is Oh, my God. What the fuck is going on here, man? Jesus Christ, man. Guys, I cannot work like this with all of these mega bombs going off in the chat, man. Please. Unbelievable. Corey Williams with a 500 Dollar super chat. My fucking God, man. And Raging Girl Gamer with another $100 super chat. She donated 100 earlier on the extra that I did. And she says Braves won, but they still suck. Bro, uh, Otis. Otis, I told you, man. Get her out. Get her out. What the you fuck is with the Braves suck? Tell me my what are you talking team about? Sucks all you want, man. Excuse me. You're a Chicago White Sox fan, bro. Okay, get out of here. Yeah, they can come and tell me my team sucks for a bomb like that every night. Oh, my goodness. Uh, As a rage. matter of fact, I'm, I'm, rage, rage has been to my channel and donated a $100 bomb. So, again, Rage, you're, you're just off the fucking meat rack tonight. What is going on with you, girl? I don't know, Rage, what's going on? What, what's going on, Rage? I, 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 I don't know. I, I mean, I love Did you this. You rob but... a bank? I just watched Set It Off the other night. You rob a bank? Maybe. I don't know, but Corey Williams, Rage, Nick Williams, and Lucha Rillas. Holy shit, thank you guys very much. We are off to one of the hottest starts ever for an off-the-script here via the uh, Super Chats. Thank you guys very much, man. I love to see this level of support. Uh, it is unbelievable. I, it's, it leaves me speechless uh, all the time, but uh, thank you guys very much for all the love. Um, yes, yes, it ups the production. Uh, anything you Renee do with it. Yes, Renee Parkett. Anything, anything you do with Renee is going to up the production. Um, she is uh, so multi-talented in so many different things. Uh, I, I already sensed a change in the backstage environment with the backstage uh, interviews that she conducted. I want to see more of that. I want to see more of her involved. I want to see Tony Khan take uh, Tony Khan put her in a position where she is the face of that department and less of Tony Schiavone. Yeah, you know, I feel like we get Tony doing commentary in the ring. He's in the back. He's out in the ring. He's he's doing commentary. It's it's like he's all over the place. This is going to give us a little bit sense, a little bit more of a sense of organization in the company as well. And, um, you know, again, I don't want I don't want to compare the two shows. But one of the things that you and I could really sit here and agree on is that WWE's production is top notch. Uh, Adding Renee to that is going to bring AEW uh, to uh, not not closer to WWE, but a little bit more in the discussion of, geez, the production is a lot better than what it used to be. Yeah, dude, Renee. For those who might not know, um, Renee Paquette is is extremely sought after by more than just the wrestling mm-hmm. outlets. She was she was um, being courted by ESPN. I heard before she's hosting and, a hockey pre-show. I think on uh, on TSN, if I'm not mistaken, can, uh, yeah. something in Canada. 
yeah, dude, get, getting Renee on your show is is not just uh, um, a, a niche move for wrestling fans. You know, other networks are going to pick up on that and say, shit, AEW got Renee. We wanted Renee. Yeah. A lot, a lot of different major outlets wanted Renee for her journalistic skills because she is very, very, very good at what she does. And uh, I don't know how anybody could really sit here and complain about this decision. I've seen some geeks online already tweeting Tony Khan and saying that Kathy Kelly's better than Renee anyway. Who needs her and blah, blah, blah. I mean, this is, this is the fucking tribalistic bullshit that I can't stand. Yet we have Kathy Kelly, who is great at what she does, and Renee Young, great at what she does. And we have two powerful you know, women with the microphone that do an incredible job to make these shows better. And here you are comparing both women uh, and making it a WWE versus AEW thing. I mean, give me a fucking break. I mean, that's fucking sad. There's no need for that. And and to to answer that question, I can't sit here and call Renee the best journalist in the world at what she does, but I give you this much. She is the best of any wrestling journalist I can remember in the modern times. Yeah. All right. So she's very, very good, guys. If you don't appreciate that, then you are extremely underrating her right now. Very good and very well loved. So watch your yes. fucking mouth. I mean, seriously. Yes. The other big thing that happened tonight, Jesse, is uh, Ariel Hawani. I don't know if you picked up on this, if you've seen this on social media. Ariel Hawani interviewed Tony Khan last week after AEW Dynamite. And last week was a great show. Tonight was a great show. Ariel Hawani went on his show this, this afternoon, I'm assuming, and he mentioned the interview about Tony Khan, and he says, Tony Khan's interview uh, that I conducted last week was one of the most frustrating of my career. So he went on his MMA hour, and Hawani said his interview with Khan that took place last week was one of the most frustrating and to a degree not so fun interviews of my career. Now you're probably asking why. He went on to, to, to say this and describe this to Ariel. He didn't want to answer anything. You're going to come on and promote XYZ. Great. And I'll play that dance with you. I did at the beginning, but you got to give us something to not even tell me how you were feeling. I'm not asking for specifics. All right, fine. I am. But is Punk going to wrestle for you? Is he coming back? You don't want to get into it. Fine. But tell me how you were feeling. Give me something. During the interview, which was uploaded on October 5th, Tony Khan refused to comment on backstage altercations between CM Punk, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks that took place after All Out during the media scrum. When asked about specifics regarding suspensions and the status of those involved in the fight, Khan again said that it was something he didn't want to talk about. AEW has not commented as a company publicly regarding the fight or the status of Punk, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Ace Steel, and others that were suspended in the brawl. Christopher Daniels, Brandon Cutler, and Michael Nakazawa were also suspended around the same time and returned to the company shortly after the fight took place and were no longer suspended. Uh, I'm going to get into what Ariel actually said on Twitter. He actually doubled down on what he said, and people were blasting him on Twitter. But, Jesse, uh, I'll let you have the floor with this first before I go and uh, search these tweets. You know, he says this about Tony Khan. Number one, He's putting himself in a very bad position here because he's conducted a lot of WWE interviews. So people are going to blast him for coming out and saying this and label him a WWE shill. It doesn't make him look good after he has done a tremendous job 
with all the interviews that he did during Clash of the Castle and leading into Extreme Rules. Number two, Tony Khan cannot talk about it because there's a fucking legal investigation going on and he doesn't want to get involved with it until the investigation is complete. How many times have people asked Tony Khan a question knowing that they were exactly going to get this type of response and attitude and then they get upset when he doesn't answer anything? He can't answer anything. Why is Ariel Hawani taking this to heart? Another bomb. Another bomb. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Broken saw with a $500 super chat. Guys, you give me chills here. Wow. Holy shit. Pepsi man came around and donated a thousand between two streams. Here I am again. Enjoy my fellow goons. Oh my goodness. Broken saw. You are a fucking beast. Thank you so very much, guys. You're blowing me away with this fucking support tonight. I don't know what I, I cannot, did. I cannot do my job with bomb interruptions like this, guys. I don't know what I job, bro. I don't even know what I did, man, to deserve this. But uh I need guys, you guys to quit it. Thank you, guys. Please, quit it. No, do not quit it. You, you guys can support as much as you want, but... No, really, quit it, all right? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you guys very much. Um, it means the world to me. Jesse, why did Ariel go on this, this uh, tirade today in regards to Tony Khan? What would be the reason for him now publicly stating this after what I thought was a decent interview with Tony Khan? So, I, I had not heard anything about what, um, what happened until right now. So I listened carefully into with everything you said, yep. you know, in the report. Now, he started off with a very broad generalization label by saying it was the roughest, the hardest. He couldn't get through anything. Okay. And then he went on to name one thing. So he basically named one thing that TK um, could not get into. All right. And that's understandable. And I want to preface this with Tony Khan has been extremely forthcoming with information when he does interviews and things like this in the past. And extremely forthcoming. So if you now get him and it becomes a situation where you ask a question and he can't answer it, I don't think it's very fair to label him as a, as a bad interview because he wouldn't get into one topic, the only topic you really ca cared about. I don't think that was fucking fair. Um, and I think he knew. If I know why TK couldn't get into it and you know why he couldn't get into it, then Ariel Hawani knew why he couldn't get into it. So I think it's kind of unfair to blindside him with a question like that and then try to try to try to tag him the way he did by telling him he wasn't a good interview when he knew he wasn't going to get the answer to that question. Well, I just want to know how you feel about it. When things are under investigation and are being threatened to go into litigation, you don't want to give any information out publicly. Zero. Zilch. All right? So don't hound the man on this topic. Now, did he sit there and use that, I'll you know, plead the fifth on every question that he asked? Because it doesn't sound like he did. I mean, he's normally very forthcoming with information. Thanks. So, yeah, I mean, we all know that, you know, Hawani is, you know, a WWE shill. And to go out and label, you know, the head of the second largest promotion in the country the way that he did, 
I think that was unprofessional. And it definitely, it will definitely pretty much insinuate that he will never get not only another interview with Tony Khan, but probably not another interview with anyone from AEW again. Pretty much took every word out of, out, out, out of my mouth, bro. I mean, you're, you're exactly right on, on all of that. Um, you know, Tony Khan has conducted, I, and I've been on several of these media calls before events for Ring of Honor and AEW. I've, uh, Fortunate, I, I, it's fortunate for me that I've been invited out to a, a few of these scrums and, and every question that I've had the opportunity to ask Tony Khan. And, you know, there were a couple questions in there that I was afraid to ask, but I did ask anyway. Uh, and one of them was at uh, my first Double or Nothing when I went and did media. And he was very open about, you know, how he felt about the wrestling business and, and AEW starting up and the, and the hot traction that they were getting and, you know, comparing that to WWE and what Vince was doing at the time. He's been open to the fullest about everything, and you are exactly right. You know, he cannot let you know how he feels because of everything going on. It is a investigation that's going on, and he just freaked out on social media, did Ariel Hawani, and this guarantees that he's not going to get any AEW interviews anymore. I don't even think he cares, but he went on with this, this Twitter rant, and he said this, and I quote, you AEW, first of all, this is going to, this is right, right out of the gate, is going is to fucking fuck him. You AEW freakazoids are nuts. You're all mad that I said I didn't enjoy one interview yet for the past year plus. Every time I talk wrestling, I praise the product. Said WWE was stale, blah, blah, blah. Said it on Simmons' podcast in July. My show, 100 times, look it up and chill out. Sheesh, sheesh. Uh, if me saying the interview wasn't enjoyable offends you because you liked it, thanks. I appreciate it. If you want to defend the non-answers, most of which had nothing to do with the legal stuff, but alas, fine. Who cares? Not sure why you're so mad and comparing this and that. I said for the past year that the Sasha Banks BT interview was a disaster and my least favorite ever. Still is. See? Didn't want to, didn't want it to run. Why didn't anyone go crazy over that? Get a grip. Get a grip. Stop picking and choosing, and if you are, please also pick the nice stuff out, too. Okay, thanks. Oh, and I was asked about it on the show. I didn't just randomly start talking about it, and yeah, the product isn't as good right now. It was superior six months. I said that. It isn't now. It may be superior again in six months. This happens. My opinion, it's not that serious, bros. Best part, I predicted this very reaction. Ha, ha. Amazing. Okay, I'm done. Off to watch some GCW. Now that's real wrestling. Kiss emoji. Okay, now hold on one sec. So, first off, he wouldn't have treated Vince McMahon like that. Bottom line. Absolutely not. Bottom fucking line. He never would have come off this way to Vince McMahon just for that reason alone. And number two, Vince McMahon is highly known to lay down guidelines and allow and not allow questions before the interview would even begin with any interview that he does. Yes. TK is not going to do that. He's going to let you just ask whatever you want to ask. And if he can answer it, he will, which is, has happened 95% of the time. We got a situation for valid reasons that he could not answer and Hawani took that one five percent and ran with it, and, and is trying to just label the guy as a horrible person to do an interview with. This is not Sasha, Sasha Banks. This is the CEO and head creator of AEW Wrestling. Okay, he also owns other major sports teams. 
you treat him with a little bit more respect than you would just the average wrestler. All right. And if the man literally said multiple times that he couldn't get into it, I don't understand why he's harping on this issue. Now, if that was his response for every last single question that he had for the whole night, then I would agree is the worst interview ever. But he wouldn't, he wouldn't treat, he didn't treat Triple H like this. He wouldn't have treated Vince like that. And because he's a WWE shill, now he's going ham on Tony Khan. And that's just not fucking fair. And that really, really drills into his journalistic integrity. It, it really does. He actually owes Tony Khan an apology if I'm, yes. uh, if I'm looking at this head on. And Tony Khan is on Busted Open Radio every fucking week. You don't see those guys over there. They have every opportunity to ask the same fucking questions, yet they don't. Why? Because they know they can't. And if they do, Tony Khan's not going to answer, and they know that. So here Ariel Hawani is wanting to be fucking Mr. Big Shot for clicks and views and all this other shit, asking the questions, thinking that Tony Khan is going to give him the answers because he's Ariel Hawani. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't no. work that way at all. And he really made himself, he actually took a hit as far as his credibility is concerned. And he actually, after all the great work he's done for the last couple of interviews that he's put out with Rollins and Triple H, which I thought was fantastic, he's actually kind of come down a little bit as far as uh, respect is concerned. He fucked himself yes. over tonight. Yeah, he did. He, he wants to compare an interview that he did with Sasha Banks that he didn't like. It, it, is, it is not the same thing. You can't, you can't interview your 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 local congressional leader in your city and compare that to interviewing the president of the United States. It's two separate fucking interviews. I, I want to you don't do that the same way. I want to I want to throw this at you too, bro. I don't know if you watch his interview. I believe um, MJF was on the MMA hour as well, not too long ago, maybe a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. I remember watching it here in the office and. Ariel Hawani asked him a couple of questions as well uh, about the backstage fight. He even asked MJF about the backstage fight. Do you know anything about it? Did you see it? You were there, reportedly, blah, blah, blah. MJF quickly moved on. I can't, I can't talk about that. Move on to the next question. He didn't, he didn't blast MJF for not answering the same fucking questions, but he wants to blast Tony Khan for not answering the fucking questions. I don't, I don't understand this. Why, is, why does everybody look? And I get it. TK is out a rough fucking summer. I get it. But that doesn't mean you get somebody like that who is the owner of, of AEW and on your show, treat him like shit. Like, I don't get yeah. that. If, yeah. if that's the case, you should have gave the same fucking response and showed the same energy to MJF, but you didn't. Right. Just, now, just to, just to be clear, I don't think there was anything wrong with Hawani asking the question that he asked. I mean, they, they ask the tough questions, man, and just hold them to it on whatever answer that they give. But respect comes in is when you answer the, when you ask the question and you're given an answer of hey I can't talk about that then that's just it let's just go on to the next topic and you don't go blast the guy after the fact saying well I didn't get the questions answered that I wanted so he's a he's a bad interview it's not me it's him yeah it's a piece of that's that, that's that's a dick move man I mean you 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 got you got this man the CEO of AEW on your platform answering your questions you shouldn't have to go on Twitter and start this fucking trivial bullshit to try to get clicks. The man being on your show doing your interview is your clicks. That should be enough. Yeah. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. 
They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that was the story going around on social media, guys. I don't know if you missed that or if you caught wind of that during Dynamite tonight, but just a bad look, and uh, it makes it makes Ariel Hawani look less than after uh, all the great work he's done, and uh, uh, I think he owes Tony Khan an apology. But uh, Luchasaurus, man, we're going to get into Dynamite. Quickly, guys, I want to thank you guys. We just hit 2,000 in the venue tonight. I appreciate you. Super Chats are going fucking bonkers tonight. Thank you guys for all the love and support. Please hit that thumbs up. Uh, let's try for 1,000 likes minimum. On today's OTS, uh, memberships are still open. Get those memberships in. You guys got the access to the new emotes and badges. So get them on in. We're always accepting applications to the VIP club. And make sure you guys go check out all the other videos, including Monday Night Raw and today's live extra that I did on the channel right before Dynamite. So make sure you guys go check that out. Getting you caught up on everything that's happening in and around the WWE and AEW realms. We start off, Jesse, with Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. How do you feel, bro, about Jungle Boy being now a nickname for Jack Perry? Are you getting used to that? I actually quite like it, and I'm glad. I, I actually was asked this uh, by a friend of mine tonight. What, what do you think of them taking Jungle Boy away and making it a nickname for him and, and calling him Jack Perry? I'm like, I'm thinking about it, and I thought about this for a little bit. Jungle Boy, to me, is he was fine as Jungle Boy, but to get him to the next level, bro, which I know Tony Khan wants to do, he's got to be Jack Perry, and I do think that it's going to end up working out in his benefit. Yeah, um, I, I think, and I and I do like it. It it, it is a it is a a nice easy gateway to transition him from out of being called Jungle Boy, you know, as he grows and matures yes. into this business, you know, and he can be just Jack Perry. But uh, I think he can thank Jim Ross for that, who early on when he first started kept calling him Jungle Boy Jack, you know, and everything like that. And people were like his name is Jungle Boy. Yeah, they blasted else. Jim Ross for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Jim Ross and I, I, Jim Ross probably said, "Hey, I, you know, I think it's better if you use your real name along with your gimmick name." And sure as shit, that's what we have right now. So, I mean, I think this works better. Um, if you're gonna get people used to your name, get them used to your real name. Yeah, you, you know, I mean, he can go anywhere and be remembered as Jack Perry. He don't have to go do morning interviews, you know, on Good Morning America and be called Jungle Boy. You know, he can go on there as Jack <laughs> Perry and do his interviews. I mean, I kind of, I kind of like it. Jack Perry is going to be a main event guy, Jungle Boy to me. I think that really puts a stigma on him, and it makes him less than. So uh, I like the name change uh, for him, and I like the fact that they've made Jungle Boy now just a moniker or a nickname for Jack Perry. Um, Luchasaurus, bro. I know we talked about Luchasaurus. We were very invested in what was going on here. Uh, Obviously, Christian got hurt, and the storyline had to be derailed for a little bit. And Luchasaurus, we didn't know where his allegiance was going to lie, whether it was going to be with Jungle Boy or if it was going to be with Christian Cage. At the pay-per-view, we found out exactly what was going on. And I think you and I had high hopes for Luchasaurus as a dark heel, monster heel that works a very similar style to some of the greatest big men that we've seen come along 
Uh, we got another 99.99 super chat by Daniel Bravo. Oh my goodness! I can't work. This like is this. this is crazy, man. You guys are fucking blowing me away with this shit. Can't work like this. Jesse can't work like this. Good. He's got uh, he's got his back me, against the wall. Getting me agitated here. Luchasaurus, bro. I was very impressed. Uh, I have been impressed with him. I was very impressed with him tonight. He worked like the big man that we expected him to work as with his dark heel character. I thought he looked fantastic tonight. Yeah, man. I think this is all done right. Um, I think it's it's very important that they get this this whole feud right because um, I think a lot is riding on it because they had a lot uh, by they had a lot going on for them by staying together as a tag team. Yep. You know, and since they decided to go with the split, fine, just make it work, you know, and Christian Cage, you know, I think he taught, I think he caught a lot of flack and a lot of heat in his debut and a lot of heat from the way he was being used to start off. Um, But as it turns out now, I think he has fallen into the groove of the one thing that I've always said. I've always said, man, I, I I talk shit about stuff that I don't like it, but I'll put it over when I love it. AEW is very, very good at the way that they use their legends. You know, we're not tired of seeing them. They're not overshadowing. All of the legends are helping build up others. Sting, you know, Christian Cage, Billy Gunn, and these acts are getting over with the legends um, in tow to help. So there's no, yeah, there's no difference here. And with Christian Cage being the the dick that he is, I mean, it's perfect. That's going to help Luchasaurus get over as a heel, and it's going to make everyone else like Jungle Boy a lot better because Christian is such an asshole. I think this has done fantastic. And he is an asshole. Renee Paquette was actually the first thing that we saw on the show tonight, and she was out there on the stage. She introduced Christian, who's also a Canada native. She asked Christian how it felt to be back in Toronto. He got a little bit of a mixed reaction, mostly booze, but some cheers mixed in there. He said, as the face of Toronto and the country of Canada, he's going to guarantee a victory tonight for Luchasaurus. He said, it's a lock, just like the Toronto Maple Leafs losing in the first round of the playoffs. So clearly, uh, you're making fun of uh, a hockey team in Canada, which is the number one sport up in the Great White North, and you're going to get instant heel heat. He knows exactly what he's doing. This uh, warranted a chant of of Edge is better by the Canada crowd in Toronto. Ah, that was a good one. Edge is better. <laughs> I don't know if you can compare the two, but uh, or, or should compare the two, because they're both doing great work, and they are both doing very good things away yeah. from each other, which is exactly what you would want. Yeah, so. I, I, think, I think that's fucking awesome, man, because when their story is all said and done and they're back home or back, you know, doing their podcast again one day, it's not going to be an issue of, well, Edge had a great, you know, comeback, but yours sucked. Well, Christian Cage had a fantastic return run. So I like it, man. I like it. They're going to have a lot to talk about. Yeah. A lot to talk about. Um, we got Luchasaurus early on getting uh, offense on Jungle Boy. Uh, this was the part of the match towards uh, the first commercial break that really took uh, things in one favor here. So... Luchasaurus is setting up a table ringside. Fans chanted, we want tables, we want tables. Jungle Boy tried to fight back. Luchasaurus shoved him into the ring post, and that is what had uh, really turned the tides here, at least for Jungle Boy, to get some offense on Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus started selling that arm through most of the match, which would come into play a little bit later on towards the ending. 
So they battled on the ring apron. Jungle Boy landed a running sunset bomb over the top rope, sending Luchasaurus crashing through that table that he had set up. That was a great-looking spot. Crowd chanted, holy shit. And there were uh, no... No bleeps on uh, TNT or TBS tonight with uh, Warner Media, But on Monday Night Raw, Jesse, all we heard was... I mean, it sucks. I, I can't stand it. It's, it's so fucking lame. You know, some things I would love to just blame on WWE all the time, but I just feel like this one was just out of their hands, dude. I mean, you got to... You gotta you gotta follow the guidelines on a certain conditions. And I get it though. They're on their network, bro. I know. Uh, but still it, it it doesn't sound good. Um, so we got Luchasaurus going through the table, which looked great. And uh at least in my eyes, that should have been uh the one thing that turned the match around for Jungle Boy. So we get back in there, and Jungle Boy hung Luchasaurus upside down in the corner. He charged the corner. Uh, tree of Woe, Luchasaurus, this was fantastic. He, in the Tree of Woe, head-scissored Luchas, uh, Luchasaurus, the Jungle Boy, down and threw him hard into the ring mat. And then he followed it up with a choke slam. So the choke slam, and this is why I love Luchasaurus's work in this match so much. He's selling the arm, the right arm he usually does, does the choke slam with. He couldn't do it because the right arm was, was uh, being hurt by the steel post earlier in the match. And then he switches to the left. He does a left-handed choke slam because he's got to sell the right arm because he can't lift uh, Jungle Boy up. I thought that was great. L- those little things really stand out to me, uh, and, and he he played it off perfectly. So we got a choke slam by Luchasaurus. He gets a two count. We get a dueling chant breaking out here for both guys. Jungle Boy landed a crucifix slam for a very close near fall. He set up a kill switch on Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus escaped. Jungle Boy landed an inverted head scissors uh, backwards. Um, and that was followed by a kill switch for a very close near fall. Crowd was very much into this. Uh, Jungle Boy then applied his snare trap. Luchasaurus crawled towards the bottom rope, grabbed it. Christian held onto Luchasaurus's arm. Jungle Boy dropped to ringside, and he went after Christian because he knew Christian was kind of fucking him over here. When he returned, he climbed to the top rope. Christian distracted Jungle Boy by shaking the ropes, and Jungle Boy did not let his eyesight off of Christian, which gave Luchasaurus an opening to hit another one-arm chokeslam off the top rope. He followed with his finish, which was a big, uh, looked like a modified fallaway slam of sorts. I don't know what he calls it, but that was it. They went nearly 15 minutes, and Luchasaurus gets the victory over Jungle Boy, and this was the absolute right outcome. There's no way you can have Luchasaurus looking strong, and they might, Jesse, have booked themselves into a corner here. I know Jungle Boy, a lot of people looking at Jungle Boy's got to get the victory. He's got to get the revenge and blah, blah, blah. But there are other ways for Jungle Boy to really kind of re- reassess himself. If Luchasaurus lost this match, bro, all credibility is gone. So they made the right decision here. Yes. Uh, oh, absolutely. He he had to win this match. Yeah. And I think the way that he won was very, very important because he didn't, it wasn't just a fuck finish. And it wasn't, it wasn't a finish of, well, Luchasaurus basically lost, but needed the help of Christian Cage to win. That's not how it played out. It's not how it played out. If the match had just progressed naturally, they gave us no definitive direction of who was going to win. But Christian Cage did interfere, and yes, Luchasaurus did take advantage of it, and he got the win. It wasn't like he had him in a snare trap and he was trying to tap out, and the ref was looking at Christian Cage, and he said, that's not what happened. That's not what it's just also. Luchasaurus could have just as easily won this match um, as he, as you know, or lost it. Who knows? 
that's going to lead us into the next match in this series. We don't know. The story is, guys, the story is Christian and Jungle Boy. Christian is the one that Jungle Boy needs to beat, and he will beat when Christian gets back from injury. So yes. if he beats Christian and loses to Luchasaurus, it is fine, and it still puts Jungle Boy in a position to look good here because Christian is the one orchestrating things. Christian is being the prick. Christian is the fucking bane of Jungle Boy's existence. Luchasaurus here is the ex-best friend, and he's not meant to beat Luchasaurus. He's not going to beat Luchasaurus, but he's going to beat Christian Cage when that time comes, and all will be right here, and then they'll eventually move on. That's the end of this storyline. It's not Luchasaurus. So don't be upset that Jungle Boy did not get the victory tonight. Everything will be fine. No, no, he had to win. He had to win. Backstage, we shift to Renee again. Always great to see Renee. She was there with Stokely Hathaway, Ethan Page, and Jose, the assistant. No Andrade El Idolo. Oh, my goodness. Another $100 super chat. We got my boy James with a $100 super chat. Holy shit. Jesse blacked his screen out. He can't take it anymore. My God, man. You guys are absolutely. I'm just gonna check out. I'm just gonna check you, out. You got. You guys are killing me tonight. I. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't know what I did, man. I'm just. I'm just here enjoying the show like you guys, man. Holy shit! Thank you guys very much, James. Thank you so much, brother. One hundred dollar super chat from Daniel Lord, uh, and uh, Broken Saw, man. Oh my goodness! Five hundred dollars by Broken Saw. So, we got Stokely, Ethan, and Jose. She asked why they were celebrating. Matt Hardy and Private Party barged in. Matt asked what Stokely was doing. Stokely said Matt wanted Private Party free, so he bought their contract. So Stokely bought Private Party's contract. Ethan says he's ready to fight anytime and should let Private Party fight their own battles. Ethan told Mark Quinn that if he can beat him on Friday's Rampage, he's no longer under their control. But if he wins, Matt Hardy is under the firm's contractual control also. Matt agreed to these stipulations. Now, you know, Jesse, I, I know how you feel about everything Hardy Brothers right now. And I don't really feel like Private Party is in a position to be uh, sought after or uh, aligned with anybody. I, I mean, we've been through this time and time and time again with Private Party. I think they really need to go back and reassess things, hit the reset button, and, and get back on track to doing what they should be doing. Uh, I, I don't think Stokely or, or being aligned with Stokely or Matt Hardy is going to make them any better than they are. But it doesn't look good on Stokely either. When he aligned himself with MJF, we got uh, big man cast there. Uh, we got uh, Marcy there with him. We got Ethan Page. We got a bunch of other guys that helped MJF win the casino uh, ladder match, the poker chip. And now he, he is meddling in fucking affairs with private party, man. I mean, stick to one thing and make sure your guy wins the world title before we start going... Uh, before we start to go and buy other fucking contracts within the AEW realm. I mean, I don't really understand this, and I don't really find this to be interesting at all. And private party seems to be being pulled at both ends, bro. This is not what they need at all. And I I'm, I'm with you, bro. Less Matt Hardy, the better. I don't feel like he does anything or add anything to AEW television. Nope, nope. And, you know, I, I'll i get heat for this, and, you know, I don't fucking care. But... I'm I'm tired of everything Matt and Jeff Hardy. All of it. All well, of it. Well, let me stop you. I mean, it's not fair for Jeff because he's not on TV. And he's going through rehab, but uh, let, let, let's, wait, let's wait to see when he gets back. I mean, I don't know what they got planned no, for him. 
when he was here. I'm I'm tired of the, the of the antics when he's on TV. You're just waiting for the next. It's like a ticking time bomb. You're waiting for the next thing to go wrong with Jeff Hardy, dude. I to me, it just they're just here. Anytime that they're here on television in 2022, they are just here to ruin more of their legacy of, of what they built over their career. I'm sorry, dude. I would love to see these guys in the back as producers, trainers, scouts, management, anything that they can do to help the younger guys in this business without being on camera. I don't think that's asking too much, man. I mean, I don't know. If they, if they just, I mean, just can't give it up, just don't want to give it up, financially can't give it up, I don't know. But it is, I can't remember the last great thing that either one of these guys have done in a ring. It's it's just tiresome. Like you just said, P- private party, they got nowhere in their first run with Hardy, and now they're doing it again. Private party is extremely talented. They're way too talented to be stuck in limbo somewhere with no direction. All right. I'm at this point. I don't even think they need a mouthpiece or a faction. Just put them out there with their own charisma and let them compete for the tag titles. Period. Easy. He does not need Matt Hari or Butcher in the Blade or the Firm. And yeah, I also think they're wasting away the 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 stable that they already that they started to build with Stokely Hathaway. They are wasting it away. Yeah, MJF has kind of made us feel like they're they're peons. And soon after that, now they're going after fucking. Uh, uh, Matt Hardy, bro, what the, what is this? It's a waste of TV time. The only reason why this segment happened was because Ethan Page is from Canada and they wanted Ethan Page to wrestle in front of this audience and they're making this match for Rampage. Fine, put Ethan Page on television. Put him in something meaningful. Make the firm meaningful. They're aligned with your next world champion. Now they're meddling in private parties affairs. Who the fuck cares? Who cares about Matt Hardy? Honestly, Matt Hardy's value is not on TV anymore. He makes nobody better. He doesn't really do anything to enhance the shows. Like Jesse said, he's just there for the sake of being there because he he is Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy's value is backstage. Matt Hardy's value value is being a producer for tag team matches. He's a fucking creative. tag team legend. Yes, creative. These are the fucking guys that should be aligned with Tony Khan on the creative side of things, producing things, not yes. on TV. Private Party doesn't need Matt Hardy. Obviously, that no. failed. Why are we doing it again? They don't need Stokely. They need to go no. out there and make a case for themselves just like the, the the Acclaim did. The Acclaim got over. That's what they need to do. They need to be uh, on TV and get themselves over and kind of rework what they've what they've already uh, brought to the table because right now it's fucking ice cold and flat. Yeah, by his by his invention of the the broken gimmick alone, that tells me that he would bring a lot to the table as it pertains to creative backstage. I mean gimmicks i mean he could help he could even he could help with a lot of different things man he does not have to be out there on camera there's a that the roster's bloated with young eager and hungry talent why are we devoting any time to matt hardy in 2022 you know this is what pisses me off about private party man this is what fucking pisses me off you know I don't know why people think that this is best for them. I, I, I'm going to throw some examples out at you. Who, who, who are they? I mean, are, are they who they say they are? Are they, are they like, living the game? Like, look at Carmelo Hayes. You look at Carmelo Hayes. I, I, I look at Carmelo Hayes, and I see that being Carmelo Hayes legitimately on TV. You look at 
Uh, you look at the Street Profits. Look at what the—I mean, everybody said, oh, WWE's copying the private party with the Street Profits. No, they're not. Street Profits are fucking on a different fucking planet compared to private party. They own who they are. Who's private party? Like, what are they? I mean, they're, they're two young if, kids who want to fucking party and drink gin and tonic. I mean, I don't, I don't understand if, this shit. If they're, if they're club hoppers, whatever, then let's just live their gimmick. Let's have them— Let's have them in 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 segments, yes. um, fil- film segments in a VIP yes. section of a bar or a club. You know what I'm saying? And then they see somebody that they beefing with, and they start a fight. Big ass fucking club fight breaks out, you know, and it spills into the next week. They are partiers in the club. They 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 pride themselves on being the VIP section of the club. We should see them there more. You know, they should be in the. I mean, that that's that should be what that should be their essence. You know, we at the bar chilling. These guys come out of our fucking neighborhood and our fucking club starting shit. That's why we get beef with them. If you get a beef with private party, you can't find them. You come to the local city. Every local city that I go to, I'll have private party go to one of the best nightclubs in that local city and film a segment there. And that will get the hometown even more behind them as, as they see a private party in one of their local establishments. I make it a weekly thing. I don't get it. I, I mean, it, Jesse said it perfectly. This, this is what I've been complaining about for the last fucking God knows how long about private. Well, what, what the fuck are they doing? Who yeah. are they? I mean, Matt Hardy's not it. I, I, and Jose and fucking uh, uh, Stokely Hathaway's not it. Give me a break with this shit. Yeah. Wardlow and Samoa Joe. They went into a tag team match with QT Marshall and Nick Comarato. This was uh, just another way to get Warjo on television, and this did not last uh, that long at all. QT was mocking Warjo until Wardlow and Joe came out. Wardlow's music hit. He got an entrance. Samoa Joe came out. He got an entrance holding the Ring of Honor TV title. Solo was taken care of. Uh, He wasn't even in the match, so they took care of him and got him out of there uh, as Joe took out Marshall with a running senton. Camarado got in there. Uh, He stopped a muscle buster attempt by Samoa Joe, but he was tossed to the floor. Uh, Joe sidestepped a diving Marshall. Wardlow then turned Marshall inside out with a nice-looking lariat, launched Camarado with several overhead throws. He then ran into a spine buster. Joe held Camarado's feet as Wardlow climbed the top ropes and delivered a beautiful Senton Atomico off the top. Uh, It's getting better looking every time he does it. Joe applied the Coquina Clutch for the quick submission, and that was it. Uh, we got a Powerbomb Symphony coming up, but all of a sudden, Prince Nana and the Embassy walk out to the ring. Brian Cage is on the microphone, said nobody wants to see them Powerbomb Marshall. He said they stuck their noses in their business when they had FTR right where they wanted them last week. He said he hasn't seen FTR all day. But maybe they weren't even allowed into Canada, and that's why. Suddenly, FTR's music played. The crowd went crazy for him. Dax uh, smiled as Canada was chanting, FTR, FTR. He said, there's three of them at ringside, and they have a perfect partner in mind for Rampage. Dax x Cash, what time Rampage starts? Cash said at 10. Sean Spears then came out, a.k.a. the perfect 10, He came out, no chairs. He's not the chairman anymore. He's from Canada, obviously. Spears threw Solo into the ring. FTR gave Solo the big rig, and that was the end of the segment. We got this six-man tag team match set up for Rampage. Um, 
I listen, bro. I, I could see her all day and fucking turn blue in the face and tell you every fucking week that I hate this Ring of Honor shit on television. This is exactly why I hate it, man. Look at Joe. Joe is less than on AEW Dynamite because he's representing Ring of Honor with a TV title that basically, and I, I, I mean this in no disrespectful way, it means nothing. It, it means, it means, it, bro, the length in my fucking shorts right now means more than that Ring of Honor title. Wardlow is the TNT champion, bro. He's in Ring of Honor programs, and he's not doing anything TNT title related on Dynamite, on AEW. I don't understand this. Bro, Joe is the TV champion for a company that has no television. Let that sink in for a minute. Yes. Yes. Why are now, we... Now, listen, I said this. I said this on Twitter. Jericho and what he's doing with the Ring of Honor Championship is fucking great. I love what they're doing and the story that they're telling with Danielson and Garcia and all this shit and the Ocho and him reinventing himself and, and doing all that. I, I love it. Jericho is fantastic. But the Ring of Honor brand itself on Dynamite Pro is, is fucking getting on my last nerve, man. The TV title, you said, it, you said it perfect. They have a TV champion that doesn't have fucking TV. Wardlow is meddling in Ring of Honor business, bro, and he's not doing anything on Dynamite for the TNT title. He's not even no. wrestling fucking AEW wrestlers at this point. No. What the who, fuck is going on? Th think about this one, Wardlow. Who, who is the absolute with... With, with no discrepancy, easily the most over entity in all of AEW right now. I mean, it's pick or choose, but Wardlow is definitely at the top no, or, or no, near no, the no. top. No, it's MJF. Yes. It's MJF. I, I dare you to find me one name that's more over than MJF in AEW right now. No, there's nobody. Now, maybe, 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 maybe Moxley. Maybe. 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 Who was the last one to beat MJF? CM Punk. Wardlow. Oh, Wardlow, yes. I'm sorry. Wardlow. What does Wardlow gain from that? Wardlow gained absolutely nothing. He gained Ring of Honor entry. Right now, from what, you know, all accounts, you know, from what I'm being, you know, told, from what I'm hearing, you know, man and minus what's going on with Phil Brooks, MJF is the highest paid talent in the company good and Wardlow beat them squashed them they took that momentum and they have him in a tag match against the factory the factory and then they have the embassy and I mean this again no disrespect to Prince Nana and Toa Leona and Khan I think they're I think Brian Cage I think they're tremendous as a trio but they were put together for Ring of Honor television. Now, great. I want to see them on TV. I want to see Brian Cage on TV, but Brian Cage should have been on TV fucking uh, a year and a half ago. Now they're putting these guys together in a program with the TNT champion, and I feel like I feel like they've hit a wall creatively, and they don't know what to do with the TNT championship, and that is very... Bro, it's not even disheartening, man. It's fucking scary. But it's scary to see where this championship came from, man, with the Cody's holding it and the Brody Lee's holding it. And now Wardlow, who was as over as anybody else in the fucking industry at the height of that MJF program. And now he doesn't know what to do with Wardlow and the TNT title. Why? Well, Why is it so difficult? That is, that is actually nothing new. I was talking about this with someone a, a couple of days ago. AEW is pretty good at building the chase for a title. 
They're pretty good at building up the feud and building up a chase. But once they crown a champion, they seem to shit the bed and drop the ball all around. Look at Thunder Rosa's run and then title reign. You know, I mean, just just look at them. They'll, the chase will be okay. It will be, even be pretty good. But once they become champion, they just don't know what to do with them anymore. They don't. Bro, that's Tony not, Storm. I mean, that's that's true to an extent, bro. I mean, I, I mean, they're not dropping the ball with Moxley. Moxley is a three-time AEW champion in three years. So what? That's they seemingly keep Moxley much. looking strong. Brian Danielson has had a solid run ever since he started the company. At I mean, rate, Moxley will put Charlotte Flair out of business. Oh, give me a break. Come on, bro. It's not, that's not going to end I that way. That's too many. Why are you, why does he have three title reigns? But, but, but not, that's not even the point, bro. The point is he hasn't dropped the ball with John Moxley's book, and John Moxley is booked strong every fucking week. Yep. But why yeah, is I mean, Wardlow, the TNT champion, booked like shit, and he's meddling in the embassy's affairs now with Samoa Joe, who are Ring of Honor talent? Let's be real. They're Ring of Honor talent. I don't want to throw this out there because I don't want it to come back to me and, and, and I'm, I'm labeled a fucking hater or a conspiracy theorist. But how much of it, there's got to be a fucking reason why he's cooled off. How much of it is Tony Khan wanting to cool off Wardlow because of all of the huge AEW, WWE rumors that were going on early in the summer? Oh, WWE is waiting for Wardlow's contract to come up. Why would they be doing that? Why would AEW be dumbing Wardlow down uh, and that's the only thing I could really come up with. You're dumbing him down because of all the rumors that Triple H and WWE may want him and they want to pay him big money and this and that, and they want to lure him away from Tony Khan. But why would you dumb down your own talent when you got him for X amount of years now? I don't get it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think of that as being intentional. I mean, that would be kind of ridiculous to do something like that. So I fall back on just it just being bad creative. I mean, it... it he starts shifting focus on the talent that he's pushing and everything else. It's seemingly mid, mid feuds, like between pay per views, and just just a shift, you know, just out of the blue. It's like it's like his 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 LTB skills have kind of just gone away a little bit, man. I mean, I don't understand this because nobody had more momentum and more hype than Warlow coming out of Double or Nothing, and now he is just doing nothing. He's just doing nothing. Tony Storm. I saw. I I watched Tony Storm on Dark the other day. Why? I don't know. Why? I heard about it. I don't know why. Why am I looking at the women's champion on Dark? Bro, Daniel Garcia has a bigger role on AEW television than the TNT champion. Yeah. How is that? Why is that? A, why? Why is that a thing? How is that even? How do you look at that and feel about that? Oh, it is what it is. You're not angry at that? No. No. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. I mean, the, the WWE IC title is being treated better than this, man. And the IC title has been treated like fucking shit for the last yes, 20 years. Yes, <laughs> Yes, Oh, it my has. God. I mean, you got, it, something's got to fucking, somebody in AEW's got to wake up. I mean, this is what the TNT title should be booked as. It's, it should be your, I thought it was going to be their version of the Intercontinental title. People are like, oh, no, it's going to be a TV title. It's not even a fucking TV title. It's not even, even know, a TV title. I don't even know where it stands in the pecking order of titles now with this All-Atlantic Championship title. Knowing Which that Orange is Cassidy's main... a favor of Tony Khan, it's probably going to be bigger than the fucking TNT title. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. I don't know if the 
if the Ring of Honor tag team championships are are more important than the AEW tag team championships right now. I I don't know. The fact that I don't know makes it a problem because it should be it should be plain as day. Something's got to be done here. I I don't really know. Sean Spears is back. It looks like they got most of the Pinnacle minus MJF together. Got Sean Spears, you got FTR, you got Wardlow. Now they're all baby faces. Sean Spears came out with no chair. He's not aligned with MJF anymore. Um, I kind of missed that act. I thought that was a great pairing together. I thought he played his role fucking great with MJF. No longer the chairman. He's back to being a perfect 10. He looks fantastic. He came out in Canada. He's from Canada. What are we expecting from Sean Spears, bro? I mean, you excited about Sean Spears being a baby face? I mean, I mean, they got other problems on the TV show and they're not booking half of the fucking people that we want to get booked. And now Sean Spears is coming back to an even bloated, more bloated roster than when he left. And now he's there as a babyface. Well, what's exactly going to change with Sean Spears as a babyface? Now aligning himself with FTR, who they themselves are struggling to find TV time, and Wardlow, who's got no TV time. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about Sean Spears um, because I mean he he'll end up being placed where he needs to be, and that's just you know somewhere in someone's faction you know, to help further storylines here or there. He's not a guy that needs to be pushed. He's not a guy that's going to get any titles, but he does need to be in a faction. He does not to be, he does need to be his own singles competitor looking for matches. That's not where he needs to be. He was perfectly fine when he was the chairman. Yeah. Was perfectly fine. I was completely content and okay with the, with the amount of time that we got from Sean Spears and the things that he did with this as the chairman and the heat that he kept, uh, helped get with Wardlow. I was okay with that. What happens now is the baby face. I'm not sure what they're going to do with him. I don't know. We will see. We got this six-man tag team match on uh, Friday's Rampage that I probably will not be watching, but uh, that is uh, what's going on with the TNT title, man. Just a disgrace that they've watered down the TNT title to what it is now. Not a good look, and things need to change very, very quickly. Tony Schiavone was interviewing Chris Jericho, Angela Parker, and Matt Menard. Daddy Magic and Cool Hand, Angela Parker. Parker Daddy said, Magic is so fucking good at yes, what he, he is. does, man. He is so good. I'm sorry, man. Parker said Brian Danielson is a piece of garbage for trying to poach Danny Garcia from them. Menard was seething mad at Garcia. Jericho said Garcia is like family to them, like a son to Parker and Menard, and like a little brother to me. He said Garcia hasn't returned his calls or texts all week, and it's tearing him apart. It's breaking his heart, says Jericho. And it's all Danielson's fault. He says he's going to out-wrestle Danielson and out-fight him and leave the ring as Ring of Jericho champion. The Ocho is Chris Jericho. Swerve. Swerve went one-on-one with Billy Gunn, Daddy S. Billy Gunn. Jesse, we just saw D-Generation X and the 25 years on Monday Night Raw. We saw Road Dog, We saw Triple H. Triple H looks great for what he's been through. Uh, Triple H, Shawn Michaels with his lazy eye and his fucking uh, non-existent hairline anymore. But DX, Xbox, is that Xbox looks great. Shawn Waltman looks great. But man, oh man, if, if you asked me, right, my wrestling scorecard in the beginning of 2022 with Billy Gunn and AEW, who would be the most over member of D-Generation X in 2022? He'd probably say Triple H. Man, Billy Gunn and the reaction that Billy Gunn gets every time he's out there, and Billy Gunn looks the way he does at 60 years old, man. Billy Gunn is absolutely living life right now, man. It is fucking absolutely, it, it blows my mind to see this shit every week. 
and the reactions he gets. It's unreal to me. I can't grasp it. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I'm not trying to take away anything from Billy Gunn at all. I mean, please don't take this this way. But it looks like he is he is um, a, a great benefactor of the star power that is the Acclaim right now. Because the Acclaim is off the fucking wreck. They are, they are really fucking hyping every fucking town they go to. They've been doing it for a long time. They're just now getting the TV exposure to it, and now it's taking off. Um, I don't think Billy Gunn is bringing it down or any way at all. He is definitely adding to it, but he is definitely benefiting from um, the acclaim and how white hot they are right now. I just have one question. It seems like that the ass boys are getting the shaft in this. Where are they? Uh, They are with the firm who MJF kind of shooed away and pretended like they were losers. They were supposed to be the ones getting the rub from daddy ass to be a more credible tag team. They had started becoming more serious and started getting away from the comedy just a little bit more. And all of a sudden, they started, you know, turning on each other. And and now Billy Gunn is off with the Acclaim and left his sons. The Acclaim does not need Billy Gunn, to be very, very honest, man. Um, They don't need need Billy Gunn? Gunn. They don't need him. They don't need... Billy Gunn is not the reason why the Acclaim is, is, are as over as they are. I, he's not bringing bro, what, them down. What, what's, what, what is on the t-shirt, bro? I, I print a t-shirt that says anything I want it to say. That means nothing. Scissor me daddy ass. Yeah, I get it. It's the number one selling t-shirt on all of shopaw.com all year. They don't need Billy Gunn to be over, man. They don't. Billy Gunn is fitting in well with the chemistry they're having. They don't need Billy Gunn to get over, bro. He's half the fucking t-shirt. The T-shirt is just a T-shirt, you fucking mark. What the whole reaction mean? is fucking scissor me, daddy ass, bro. What the fuck are you talking about? Bro, who's going to be daddy ass when Billy Gunn's not in fucking acclaim, bro? Who's going to be daddy ass? You're going to be daddy ass? Just print a different T-shirt, bro. What's the T-shirt going to say? Scissor me? Scissor me. That ain't going to sell, bro. Oh, my fucking God. Anyway. Anyway. The ass boys were the ones that needed the rub from dad to get them over. And it was it was actually on the trajectory to do just fine. It really was. And yes. they started uh, and doing there's these the, turns. There's, there's, there's the key word, bro. Do just fine. Well, where are they right now? They're not on TV. They're not doing just fine, are they? No, but you're not comparing a claim to his fucking astronomical, unbelievably fucking hot to the ass boys. They, I mean, I mean you can because they started pretty Max much Caster and level. Anthony Bowens, bro. You comparing? You comparing fucking? Uh, you you comparing apples and oranges? Yeah, I mean it's it's two different fucking teams. One team's got charisma, the other team doesn't. S boys have charisma, man. What are you talking not about? like acclaimed. No, not like the acclaimed. Nobody has charisma like the fucking acclaimed. That's not fair. Nobody uh, has that kind of fucking charisma. They just could have put it like this. The ass boys were, were benefiting more with Billy Gunn than the acclaim are benefiting from Billy Gunn. Here, does that make any sense to you? I don't know, bro. Scissor me, daddy ass. Oh, scissor me, daddy. I mean, come, come on, bro. What the fuck are you talking about? Everybody's saying that the ass boys, are they, they, they suck and they're mid. Yeah, I agree. Because they, they stopped getting any and all kinds of, of, of a push. So, yeah, they, they do. You know, they're in the fucking tank right now. They're nothing. They're dead in the water. But my point is, Billy Gunn, his journey started off to help get his sons over, and he just kind of ditched his sons, and now he's on with the acclaim. 
There you go. Just ditch yeah, your sons, like, man. You know your sons are a bunch of fucking hacks. Why, why not? <laughs> What's the difference? Max Caster did a Canadian-themed rap. He popped the crowd big. He always does. Uh, Gun was in there with Swerve. He looked great. He's taking his shirt off. He looks absolutely fantastic for 60 years old. My goodness. Swerve. Uh, Swerve came out. His heel, his heel facial expressions were really on point tonight. Um, all of his facial expressions are usually on point, but... You know, going into this thing where he's definitely going to be on the on the heel side of things. It's not completely there yet, but we're basically there with heel. We just need Keith Lee to kind of uh, finish all of this swerve, fully turning heel stuff. But he he did great tonight. And I thought they had a decent little match between uh, the two of them. Gunn used his size. He's so tall, uh, so much taller than Swerve. Swerve used his speed to jump to the apron and a springing drop kick uh, to Billy's legs. Swerve then kind of focused on the leg during a uh, commercial break. Gunn was on the outside. Swerved in a slingshot, diving knee drop to the floor uh, and was uh, taking it to Billy Gunn pretty decently with some strikes. Gunn hit a tilt-a-whirl slam to create some distance, uh, try and get back into this thing. Billy teased a crotch chop but opted to do the scissor instead, only to miss the famouser. Swerve answered with a flatliner. He took uh, Gunn out with a swerve stomp off the top for two. Uh, Swerve got uh, very cocky on the cover, thinking it was over, and uh, a shown shocked look on his face after Billy kicked out. Swerve missed a home run kick, and Gunn missed the one and only as Swerve got a roll-up and grabbed the ropes to steal a victory behind the referee's back. Post-match, the acclaim ran out, shoving Swerve out of the way to go check on Billy Gunn. They teased a scissor. And all of a sudden, Mark Sterling comes out, and he interrupts with Tony Nese again. Now, the match itself was fine. Uh, it set up Swerve to get the cheap victory as the heel. That was fine, and we're moving on, as this was the more important portion of the segment. Now, Sterling, I don't really care for Mark Sterling. I don't care for Tony Nese. I don't care for the uh, varsity athletes or whatever the fuck they're calling him and Josh Woods. But Mark Sterling has not really been a, a good look on television. I feel like he dumbs the television down, uh, and it's not very good to me. So he said, he comes out there, he says, with an email that he sent earlier with important documents that went ignored, Nice had the documents in his hand, and it was signed from the greatest country in the world, the United States of America. Fans booed. Taz is on commentary blasting these two geeks. Sterling said that he trademarked the scissors gesture and the scissor me daddy ass catchphrase, and he gets all of their t-shirt sales money. They were about to scissor mid-ring, and Sterling yelled for them to stop, or he'll sue their asses hard that they'll be tied up in the court system so long that they have to forfeit their tag team titles. He said he's willing to work with them on this, though. He does have some ideas. He then said... Instead of the acclaim doing the scissor me daddy ass with uh, Billy Gunn, he then goes and looks at Nice and says, scissor me daddy niece. And <laughs> he and niece scissored instead of the acclaim. Now, for everybody, for everybody watching this, thinking that, oh, what the fuck are they doing here? Why are they doing this? And blah, blah, blah. I think this is great. I, and listen, I'm not a fan of Mark Stern. I, I, I think Mark Stern's a great promo. He's, he's you know, he does what he does. I don't really care for him. I think he's a little too too geekish for the for the show. The top. Yeah, he's too over, over the top. top. But I, I think what, whatever they're doing here with this is fantastic because they're going to take the fucking scissor shit away from the acclaim for now because of Mark Sterling. 
And when they get it back, it's only going to be even bigger than it, is, than it already is. So yeah. this is great. Yeah, yeah. So I agree. They're going to they're gonna stop it before it gets too annoying and played out and yep. then bring it back to big more money on it. I can see that. Yeah. So, I mean, if everybody complaining, why, 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 why? I mean, just just give it time. It's, it's all being done strategically because uh, everybody loves it right now. They don't want it. They don't want it to die out, and they want it to be, you know, something that angers the fans. And then when the claim get it back, and we see that first scissor after all these weeks, right? It's going to be the best scissor of all time. So I think it's great. Just get it yeah, out of the way. No. It's, a, it's a little something for them to keep them busy until we get their next big title program, which I'm okay with. Yeah, no. Sterling and Nice have been, you know, just a thorn in my side for uh, quite some time now in dark. I'm getting very tired of them. Very. But in what way? They're just not in, good in, television. It, it, yeah. Yeah. On, on dark. It, it's just, it's just the same damn thing. Yeah. Uh, Sterling comes out and just cuts some, just, just, just over the top heel promo. Not, a, not entertaining at all. And niece comes out and I'm just tired of them. I'm just tired of them on dark, but this was kind of funny. This was kind of funny. This I kind of chuckled at. This was kind of funny. Yeah, I thought this was uh, I thought this was good stuff. Alex Marvez, he was backstage with MJF. And MJF was asked about what happened last week, including what he called a curious interaction with William Regal through all of this. Stokely, then all of a sudden, Marvez also asked him, it looked like you were about to shake William Regal's hand. What's that about? All of a sudden, Stokely walked in and began talking about what they did MJF said he didn't like what he did, and now he has to put him in timeout. Daddy's got to put him in timeout, he said. He said that was strike two. He said next time for strike three, he'll fire him if he doesn't wait for his orders. He told him to leave and said bye-bye, goodbye. MJF then turned back to Marvez, and he answered the questions. He said Regal is his British little buddy. He said they have a dark past that he doesn't want to be reminded of. He said that he's not afraid to remind him of the story. He said he isn't even sure if he was going to shake Yuta's hand. He says he's been reflecting this past week on how nice guys finished last. He says he knows the entire locker room, hates his guts, and wants to see him dead. And that makes up a large part of their audience as well. But he says they don't have a damn clue to know what it's like to be in MJF's shoes, splashing water on his face and knowing he has no choice but to be the bad guy. He says he's broken his hand many times, punching his reflection in the mirror. Says he doesn't like himself anymore either. But that is what it takes to become the champion of the world. I am a man with the plan, the man with the chip, and a generational talent. I mean, bro, how many times can we sit here and fucking uh, lick MJF's fucking nutsack, bro? This was a great promo. Uh, he deserves it every time. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, get the licking, bro. I don't. I don't care. This guy's fucking amazing, man. This guy's fucking amazing. Every time you just think, oh, we're going to get another great MJF promo. Let's hear it. Should be good. I'm left with God. That was just fucking, that was fantastic. It was simple. It was to the point. It was believable. It was, I mean, it. I, this guy cannot do any wrong on the fucking microphone, man. I'm sorry. He's fucking great, man. Now, what, what type of vibe are you getting here, man? After last week and what he did with Stokely and and Wheeler Yuta about to shake Yuta's hand, it looked like they were teasing maybe a good guy MJF or at least a tweener MJF. And then this week, he pretty much doubled down on him being a prick and the bad guy, and he has to be the way that he is. Otherwise, he's not going to be the world champion because that's what it takes to be the world champion. And then, obviously, he's singling out um, William Regal here. 
Uh, they seem to go and tease that last week and then kind of went around and did something else this week. Where are they going with this MJF thing? Are they just trying to give him uh, a little bit more of a multi-layered, uh, I guess, situation here on Dynamite instead of just the typical MJF that we see come out every week and shit on the fans and shit on his opponent and fucking curse and be, be very uh, sarcastic with his words? What, what are we seeing here with MJF? Uh, man, I don't know. I brought this up um, when it happened, too, but it... It definitely, definitely, definitely felt like that they were trying to tease an MJF babyface turn. It, I mean, you can, you can, it just felt like they were just testing the water with the handshake deal and everything else. Because I was waiting for him to kick Yuta in the in the nuts, man. Yeah. I mean, it, that's all. I mean, that's all you could expect from MJF, who's being offered a handshake. I mean, getting kicked in the fucking balls. It didn't happen, and then he turned his anger to you know. To, to, I think it was a uh, Moriarty. He came in and said, well, well, I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask you to do this and everything else. You know, it very, very, very babyface-ish. Don't know why, because turning MJF babyface sounds like one of the worst ideas in the history of pro wrestling right now. I mean, the guy is, I mean, it's, it's just not a good idea. I mean, the fans, if the fans want to cheer him and make him tweener, the fans can do what they want to do. You know, you can't stop the fans from doing what they want to do. But MJF has to be a full-on babyface to to get the full effect of his gimmick, man. Yeah, um, I I think that what they're doing here is they're pretty much, uh, I don't know, it's all going to come down to an interaction with MJF and William Regal as far as what I see here. So maybe maybe they're just trying to create layers for that first interaction with William Regal and yeah. MJF is putting himself in a position to uh, be the way that we see him and kind of show respect to Willie Yuta because he's been up and down on the indies with him and, and show respect to, you know, William Regal and this for who William Regal is. But William Regal is not a fucking uh, rookie. He's been around the block many, many, many times and he's going to see right through MJF and that's when we're going to get the real MJF come out and kind of just shit all over the Blackpool Combat Club. I don't know what it is. I think they're just kind of uh, setting up a layup for now and then when we get full on into this Moxley-MJF feud, that's when we're really going to see MJF just come back and BMJF. I don't know. I don't know why they're doing it that way, but it, it is what it is. I don't know. I don't know. It, it it makes no sense. If they go, if they if they try to go full on babyface here, I mean, it to me it'd be the equivalent of what WWE did with Austin when they turned him heel. I mean, one of just the biggest turned this uh, bad decisions in a turn in wrestling history. Yeah. No, MJF cannot be a babyface champion at all. Moxley cannot be a heel champion. I don't want to see heel Moxley. Maybe that maybe that was a discussion last year uh, towards full gear. Uh, that's when, uh, you know, he was uh, off television and he was getting himself better uh, with yeah. the rehab. Uh, now that's not the case at all. Moxley's the ace and MJF is the fucking heel. MJF should win the title as a heel and MJF should have a heel title name. There we go. Okay. Simple. What is that? What are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm going away. We have over 2,000 live viewers right now. Yes. I'll come back when we get a thousand likes. Oh, okay. Uh, Everybody, also pick your device and your fucking computers or whatever the hell it is you're using, and just click the like button. That's also, uh, mods in the chat, get X Y Z out of the chat. Get him out of here for being disrespectful. You don't come into my fucking home and disrespect either me or Jesse. Get him the fuck out of here. Thank you guys very much. And, and, and Jesse's not coming back until we get uh, 1,000 likes, guys. We got 2,100 people in the live stream chat. And I only see 721 likes. That is inexcusable. 
Come on, there we go. See, now it's flying. Look at that. Look at that. 2,000 people, guys. Hit the thumbs up or get out. Let's go. Let's go. Thank you. Moving on. We go from one great promo to another. Shivani's in the middle of the ring, and he calls Toronto the greatest wrestling fans in the world. But we get John Moxley and Adam Page next week on Dynamite. Tuesday night Dynamite, not Wednesday, preempted. He introduced John Moxley, made his way through the crowd. He gets in the ring. After three years, damn, it's good to be back in Toronto. He said for a lot of that three years, he's been champion. He said wrestlers have come from all over to try and unseat him. And being champion isn't fun and games or easy. He said there's a target on his back with people wanting his time and energy. And you live in pain and everyone sees you fail. He said some champions crumble under the pressure and self-destruct. Some sooner than others, which was pretty much a dig at CM Punk. He said a champion doesn't have the luxury. I wonder if uh, Punk is going to go back to television and give a receipt back to John Moxley for what he oh, said here. Fuck no, don't not that again, man. Shit. He said a champion doesn't have the luxury to self doubt or be anxious. He said you have to be ruthless and indiscriminate. Damn, I love this job. He said that brings them to his boy Adam Page, the cowboy. Adam Page comes out. And he storms to the ring, and he gets into the ring, and Hangman said, right to Moxley's face, face to face. Whatever you have to say to me, say it to my face. He said it meant the world to him that Moxley said he respects him as a wrestler and as a person. He says he's watched him for the past three years and has come to respect who he is in the ring and outside of it. You're a great champion, a father, and a husband. He said there were times in the last three years he saw the kind of man he wanted to be. All of a sudden, they cut to MJF watching from the stands with his poker chip, which, I get, again, I didn't like. I said this at Grand Slam. I said this the week after. I said it this week. I don't like MJF in these moments when it should be about Brian and Moxley at Grand Slam winning the championship or crowning a new champion or here tonight with Paige and Moxley setting up their title match. There's the fucking camera with MJF holding the fucking poker chip in the skybox. I don't like it because I feel like it takes away from the fucking point of the segment, which is Moxley and Paige. If Moxley and Paige are having a match, it should be about Moxley and Paige, not MJF. Leave the fucking surprise of the poker chip to the unpredictable. That's my take on that. So he even, he even took the attention of the live crowd. You can see yes, the crowd he did. I, I was wondering. Listen, bro, I thought somebody was coming down the fucking stairs to interfere in this thing. <laughs> All right. I mean, give it a rest already. Seriously. I don't say this shit because I'm angry or whatnot. This is the things that I say are how I would do it and what I think is right. That's my opinion. I don't think MJF should be on TV in that moment or in these moments. So MJF is watching from the stands. Hangman noticed and told him to pay attention. And then he goes back to Moxley and says, you called me a nice kid. He asked in Mox's face, am I a kid to you? Moxley said, that's, I, I like exactly, that. that's exactly what I think about you. He said, next week in Cincinnati, if he gets the shot to take him out, he doesn't think he has the guts to pull the trigger. Hangman says, he might not be the same guy he was a year ago. He said he hesitated in May, and it cost him that championship. He said he failed to win the trios tournament with his best friends. His old friends have disappeared. Uh, some booze there for that line. He says he's left with nothing, so he's not the same. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I can't sleep at night. I'm anxious. I'm depressed. The medicine isn't working. 
But I am still here because I am a man. He starts punching his fucking forehead. He makes himself bleed and he gives himself one hell of a fucking bruise. Yeah, it's going to be is. one hell of a fucking bruise tomorrow morning, I'll tell you that. Goldberg himself. He basically Goldberg, Goldberg himself, yes. He said he's 31, a former tag team champion and a world champion. He says he's watching family members be lowered into the ground and brought new life into this world like Mox has. He punched himself in the head and he says he keeps coming back because he is a man. Mox shrugged and they showed MJF eating popcorn again. I don't know why. Leaning back in his chair. I don't know why. We got a cowboy shit chant ringing out. Hangman says he doesn't care if his family is in the crowd next week, his, his, his family, his mother, whoever. He'll beat him within an inch of his life and, life and take back what he never should have let slip away. He says he has nothing other than the shot and his word. He said Tuesday he'll take that shot, and tonight he'll give him his word that he will be the next AEW world champion. Hangman noticed he bruised himself from punching. Uh, he starts feeling himself. He's bleeding. Hangman says he wanted to tell him that face-to-face, man-to-man. He dropped the microphone, Moxley stared him down, and they both left in opposite sides of the ring. Now, this was a tremendous segment. We know how good Moxley is, bro. We know how good Moxley is with a, with a promo, but this was, you know, a great, may have been the best promo by Adam Page in his entire AEW run. He's a very good promo. A lot of people, they, they know Adam Page is a great wrestler. What they don't usually praise him on is his promo work. He's a great fucking promo when he wants to be a great promo, bro. Yeah. This was a great sell for that match next week, which, again, I have to remind you guys, I will not be here for. I will be on vacation. Jesse's going to be reviewing the show, so uh, I urge you to go watch him instead of me next week. But uh, what a sell for this fucking match, bro. They're going to have me tuning in somewhere in Ireland when this thing is over. Yeah, I like, I, I, I like Hangman when he gets intense and serious. Um, when he's out there lighthearted, you know, in a good mood, just not as fun. You know, like when he was champion and they dropped the ball on his title run again. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. But when he gets into this shit, when he gets serious about it, man, it's believable. And and I like it. They're trying to, they're, they're doing their best to try to build some heat for this match. Because, going to be honest, there isn't really any real heat behind it because these, are, these guys are both fan favorites. Yep. You know, and um, they both everybody everybody wants to see these guys do well, so um, I think they're doing their best at at trying to create a little bit of heat here. Usually, what AEW will do is they'll start adding a little bit of a of a tweener slash healer sprinkles into one of the acts that are babyface. You know, uh, maybe even in the match we'll get that, but um, they 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 are doing they are working at it. You know, I am getting a little bit more interested in it. You know, Hangman did not appreciate being disrespected like that. He basically said, I'm a grown-ass man, dog. I mean, what the, the fuck was that, man? So he can get all that respect shit out the window, whatever you're talking about. But he called me a kid, you know. That, that's that's not what I'm feeling right now. So I did like that element. It, it was something believable and reasonable to add a little bit of a, a level of anger to Hangman. So, and even have Mox looking back like, shit, I'm... Didn't know I was gonna, you know, piss you off that much. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 great, man. You, you, I'm I'm listening to you describe this and, and give your opinion on this. It, 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 there's not a lot of heat to this, like you said. You know, Page won that battle, that fucking useless battle royal at, at Grand Slam. He gets the uh, the win. He gets the 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 title match, and people were like, "Oh, well, this is a bad look for TK. Why is he putting one of the members of the Elite in a title match when the Elite is suspended?" And blah blah blah. It should be a great match, and I think Moxley and Page are going to match up very well. 
the thing is, how do you build heat for this match that basically has no heat behind it because it was, you know, born out of a, a random battle royal victory and John Moxley is the world champion and he needs a first major opponent before he loses the title to MJF, probably at full gear. They hung on to the one line from last week's promo, I'll see you next week, kid, or I'll see you in Cincinnati, kid. They, they built the promo, bro, off of, you know, Adam Page being called a little kid by John Moxley, and they built yeah. a fucking 10-minute promo out of it. That yeah. goes to show you how fucking great Moxley and Page are at what they do. They took one fucking phrase and built an entire 10-minute promo around it. It's great. Yes, and it, it, it's very believable. Yeah. And that's just the thing. You can, you can take anything and try to turn it into anything, but you got to sell it, and I believe it because of the way it was sold. Guys, if you're just tuning in, I am, I'm in, I am on strike because we have over 2,000 people here and we can't reach 1,000 likes. So please take your device, take your tablet, your laptop, and click on the thumbs up button, and I'll come back. It's a pretty slow night, only 2,000, man. We're usually looking at 27, 2,800. What's, go, what's going on? What, what's going on tonight that people uh, across the board in the IWC? Uh, Salamonster didn't even have 1,000. Feifel didn't even have 1,000. Uh, we're lucky to be uh, 2,000 here. Number one, as usual, because, I mean, give me a fucking break. Who else are you going to be watching? But uh, w- what's going on tonight that uh, everybody else is somewhere else? Yeah, I don't know. No, there's no, no games. Is there a baseball game like on? That, right? The games are all, all the baseball games are over, right? I don't know. Is there a baseball game on? I'm is there a West Coast game? Maybe. Uh, maybe the Dodgers and the uh, Padres, right? Let's see. I don't know. Let's, I let's see what's going on. Let me see. Baseball right scores. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. The Padres and the Dodgers. The Padres are winning 5-3. Look at that, right, man. Go. Yeah, look go. at that. Oh, man. It's going to be an exciting baseball season. There exciting baseball playoffs. All right. Anyway, moving on. We get a video package airing a vintage Ring of Honor footage with Brian Danielson winning the Ring of Honor title back in the 2000s with Jericho narrating the video comparing this fight to some of the big, biggest in boxing and pro wrestling, such as Ali Frazier. And Steamboat Flair. He says he expects a hero's welcome since it's been five years since he's wrestled in his home country. So we got Jericho and Danielson for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Uh, This is the third match in their string of matches. And this was just as good as everything that they've done so far. Uh, Honestly, I think their all-out match was the worst match that they've had. Just going off based off of what we've seen. So we got Ian. Yeah, I thought the all-out match was... I thought the match that they had, the last one that they had, was the best one. I think this was the second best one, and I think the all-out match was the worst. Not to say that it was a bad match. I just... I like the other two better. But uh, we got Ian Riccoboni and William Regal on commentary. And we got Matt Menard, Angela Parker uh, out there with... uh, What's going on? Oh, we got a 1,000 likes. Look at that. We got a 1,000. Someone took away a like. Look. No, we got it. We got it. We're good. We got We're it. Good. We got a thousand. We got a thousand. Thank you, so thank, thank, you guys. thank you guys for uh, playing along with this Geeks game, okay? Yeah, there we go. There it go. worked. Let's go. So we got uh, Jericho and Danielson. Slingshot sent Jericho outside. Danielson wiped him out with a dive through the ropes. Back in the ring, Danielson targeted uh, Jericho's midsection. And both men connected with 10 corner punches and chops. Jericho sat Danielson on the ropes, hit nine punches. Uh, and on the 10th, he did a hurry and Karana, which looked great. Danielson regained control uh, by going for the ribs in a big roundhouse kick. He gets it, connects it, gets a two count. Uh, Jericho mounted his comeback after uh, a small commercial break with a DDT as Danielson was sent to the outside and, wipe, and was wiped out by uh, a crossbody. Jericho went to the top. He was cut off with an avalanche butterfly suplex into a label lock, which looked great. 
Jericho is uh, now in trouble. Danielson tried to reposition. Jericho countered into the walls. Danielson countered into a walls of Jericho of his own, which didn't really go over well with the Toronto crowd. Jericho escaped into a small package, ate a roundhouse kick. Danielson goes for a cover, gets it too. So then we get the anvil elbows raining down on Jericho's chest. Jericho rose up with Danielson on his feet with a Death Valley driver variation. He missed the lion salt. Danielson hit the diving knee off the top two times. Uh, a third one, Jericho countered into a code breaker, which looked great for a near fall. Danielson backflipped out of the corner. Paul Turner was pulled into Danielson and took a bump as the referee goes to the outside. This is where things got a little fishy. Jericho and Danielson collided. Double clothesline took each other out. Daddy Magic is on the outside. He threw the Ring of Honor title to Chris Jericho. Jericho waited for a little bit for Daniel Garcia to come down to the ring. And Daniel Garcia gets in there, rips the title away from Jericho. Jericho was shoved into a Busaiko knee from Danielson, who turned and clobbered Jer uh, Danielson, did Daniel Garcia, with the Ring of Honor title. So the referee uh, is back in the ring because Angelo Parker tossed him back in. Jericho made a cover and slyly kicked the title out of the ring so the referee didn't see it. And Jericho steals another match through bullshit means, making the Ring of Honor title look disgraceful. And he beats Brian Danielson, one, two, three, with the help of Daniel Garcia. Post-match Garcia handed the Ring of Honor title to Jericho. And everybody cheers this because Jericho is the hometown guy and Danielson is still a sports entertainer. So we got Willie Yuta hitting the ring with William Regal. They had a stare down with Garcia, and that's the way the segment went off. Now, I thought, I thought maybe I'm confusing this with the, with the pure title, but I thought stuff like ref bumps were not supposed to happen in these matches. No, that's just a pure title. That's just a pure title. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um... I thought the match was great. I thought the match was great. The ending is what threw people for a loop. And this is what people are really harping on because a lot of people expected the continuation of Daniel Garcia to be a pro wrestler and not go back and be a sports entertainer. Uh, Daniel Garcia getting the one-up and battling Jericho and the JAS and eventually becoming the Ring of Honor world champion. Um, it doesn't look like we're getting there yet. And it seems to be a, I don't want to say the plans are stalled because I do think that the end goal is exactly what we think it's going to be. It's just, you know, I could see this being a Chris Jericho thing, bro. I could honestly see this being a Chris Jericho thing. I could see Chris Jericho talking to Tony Khan and saying, listen, boss, this is a little too predictable. Let's throw the fans for a fucking loop. Let's get the fans really agitated to a point where, you know, they are expecting something and we take them on a little journey. Let's take a little detour. That's exactly what's going on here. I do think that we're going to get the end result that we want with Garcia battling Chris Jericho. It's going to take a little bit longer to get there. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I, I, I'm not trying to say I saw this direction coming, but I did see it as being one of the options you know, of the routes they could go as they're, you know, giving us Daniel Garcia. That's what they're doing. They're giving us Daniel Garcia, and they're letting us know um, that he's gonna be a big player going, uh, moving up and going forward, and this is how you're gonna get him. Either gonna get him as a, um, as as a babyface wrestler, with with Brian and possibly even in the Blackpool Combat Club, or stay um, as a dick, you know, with Jericho as a sports entertainer, 
And that was the storyline. And now he just made a decision. So now we're going to get Garcia as a heel, you know, as a badass wrestler, but a still a sports entertainer. And, and that's the Garcia we're going to get. Um, I'm okay with it, man. I think I even said at the time, I said, either one, either way they go, I don't think it's a bad move because you can stay heel. He can always come back as babyface later. It's no big deal. Yeah. Come back a year later and do this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind this too much. I was a little confused, but after thinking about it for a little bit, I like the fact, you know, and, and who knows when the next Ring of Honor show is going to uh, going to happen and, and who knows how long the, the time frame is for when they want to have this, you know, conclusion for this storyline. I know a lot of people are very enthralled and very interested in a Daniel Garcia joining the Blackpool Combat Club. I get it. He fits like a glove in there and he would fit with everybody. But the story is about Garcia and Jericho and it's going to happen. Trust me, it's going to happen. But, bro, if we get another couple of matches out of Garcia and Brian out of this, I mean, in some stipulation matches, a submission match maybe, or something along those lines, anything with Garcia and Brian, I don't know why anybody would be complaining about that because the first two matches that they had, that they had were absolute bangers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think um, I, I, I think this is one thing that AEW is consistently doing well as they um, try to, you know, make their homegrown stars, you know, the acclaim homegrown. Um, Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuta. Wheeler Yuta is also getting a nice little push, you know, as he as he comes along. So I think those were those were um, very specific talents, uh, specific talents that they wanted to get over and push as homegrown. And so far, so good on all of those accounts. I mean, they are all um, over. They are they are people love watching them in the rain while they work, and people like Yuta and Garcia are benefiting from hanging around guys like Jericho and Danielson and, and Regal, and they can work on those promo skills through those veterans. So I like this. Yeah. You know, uh, thinking about it, Garcia has been, um, I don't want to say he's been stagnant, but, um, you know, coming out of those great Danielson matches, he's been off TV a little bit. He's wrestled Yuta. He won the title, which was great. Um, he's been on the, on the back burner for just a, a little bit for the last few weeks. Uh, reigniting him in a couple of matches with Danielson and then building the drama and the intrigue with him and Jericho again. Maybe something happens there with Jericho and Garcia in those Brian matches. It reignites him in a way with Brian, and then he's ready for Jericho. And like you said, he's going to be more over when he gets to that point. But I don't know why anybody would be complaining about him working with Brian and working with a Jericho and working with a Blackpool Combat Club. I mean, this guy, like I said before, he's better off than fucking Wardlow, and Wardlow's the TNT champion. Yes. Ridiculous. Yes. This, I mean, again, treating your legends perfectly. Yep. No, I mean, Jericho, um, Danielson, he is he is a legend, guys. I mean, uh, Sting, you know, before he got hurt. Sting is very, Sting was very, very, very pivotal in, in Darby getting over as much as he has. So I mean, it, it's it's they they are used to perfection on pretty much all accounts. I'm not if I'm missing one here or there, forgive me, but they seem to be using their legends perfectly as opposed to how the legends are treated over on the other side. Yep, absolutely agree. Backstage, we got Renee with Nyla Rose and uh, Marina Shafir. Really, Marina uh, uh, Shafir uh, is on AEW Dynamite. Why? I, I, didn't, I didn't see her. I just saw Vicky. Oh, okay. You, you didn't see her standing there? Nope. Okay. No. Okay. No. 
Uh, this girl, was Vicky, the, legend. This, this legend was, is being treated well. Vicky's not getting a pie in the fucking face. This every was the week. perfect time to be, for me to switch over to Fox and watch the Braves game. Uh, Nyla Rose, Marie Shafir, and Vicky Guerrero as Nyla uh, is holding the TBS title. Now, if anybody didn't watch Rampage, which uh, looking at the ratings, not many people did, uh, she stole the TBS title from Jade yes. Cargill after she defeated Jade, um, did Willow. She defeated Willow Nightingale. So yeah. all of a sudden, she's wearing the TBS title around her waist as if she's the fucking champion, and she's not. Jade Cargill is still the TBS champion. Anna Jay interrupts and challenges her for a title match on Friday for a title that isn't even hers. And bro, Nyla bro. accepts for bro, a stop. title match, which I'm assuming is on Friday. Bro, stop. Let me ask you a question. Who is wearing the TBS title? Nyla Rose. So who is the TBS champion? Jade Cargill. Let's try this again. Who is wearing the TBS title? Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose is the TBS champion. Move on. Let's go. Facing Anna J. Nyla Rose is not the TBS champion. I hope Nyla retains I, I, her title. I, 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 need, I, need to, I need to complain about this, bro. Why, why, why are we doing this with the TBS title when Jade, you know, no matter what you think of Jade, the prestige around that title has been built up with Jade going 30, what is she, 39 and 0 now? Well, what's the number at? Is she at 40? I think 39. No. 39, like 39 matches that we've seen this woman hold the TBS title, and you want somebody else to parade around with the TBS title, pretending that she's the TBS champion, to defend the TBS championship that's not hers against somebody that has no business being in a championship match. Am I fucking close? Bro. What the, the fuck title? is going on? Uh, Nyla Rose is wearing the title, bro. But it, no, all kidding aside, all kidding aside, um... Two things. First, this is the first, like one of not wouldn't say the first, but not in a in a long time have we seen Jade Cargill involved in any real actual storyline driven feud. It's just been out, you know, come out, face Jade, I win, and that's the story. So at least they're doing a little something as far as story goes. Also, we didn't see Jade tonight at all. It, did Jade need a little bit of a hiatus for a couple of weeks? And they just keeping the title fresh and going to play around with it with Nyla Rose and Jade comes back in a week or two. Maybe she needed time off. I don't know. All right, that's a viable, that's a viable possibility. I, I will know. give them that. I don't know what's going on. Maybe there's something that none of our business, no matter yeah. what it is, but exactly. that may be the case. But uh, uh, it's not, you know, no matter what it is, but it's not a good look. Yeah. Marina no, Shafir is on television, bro. It's not a good look. I, I, I didn't see Marina Shafir. I don't know what you were looking at. I saw Vicky, my girl Vicky. I saw I, I saw Anna J A S, Jana yes. Anna J A S at there. Uh, <laughs> Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy's gonna. That was kill such me. a missed time. I mean, <laughs> bro, I'm just thinking about all the fun you can have creatively by having Jungle Boy having to save his fucking girlfriend from the vicious Luchasaurus and, and an asshole Christian Cage. You know? It'd be great. They're beating him down, and no one's there to save She comes running out and throws her body on top, and then Luchasaurus just fucking throws her around. Bro, that's fucking mega heat, man. But you turned her baby, you turned her heel for what? For what? Why? Bro, let, let me... I got, I, got, I got a very important question for you. I got two, I got two questions for you, bro. You, you, re you really didn't see Marina Shafir on television? Who are you talking about? Hey, did you like spraying with lemon juice, there. bro, in the eyes? What the fuck? Were you, were you, were you cutting limes and fucking the lime squirt in the eye? Were you blinded? I would... She's no, there. No, she wasn't. You, you, you're, looking at, you're looking at shit the you wrong way. You need to tell me I'm a Marina Shafir fan so much that I, I saw her when she wasn't there. That, maybe that's it, man. 
She was not there. I, I refused to see that woman on my TV. She was not there, bro. And, and listen, why, what, what, you're holding this pertinent information for me. Where's, where's uh, this Sky Blue, bro? Why are you telling me about Sky Blue here? Bro, I saw that tweet. Man, that you all, every Yo, day. You're holding this information from me, bro. I mean, listen, what are you doing? I even, you, you, you're not even pronouncing her name right. That's Sky Blutie. I don't know who that is. I know who Marisha Fear. I don't know who Sky Blutey is. Sky Blutey, man. Five out of five taco uh, booty legend, bro. Booty meat legend. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Where, where, where's she from, bro? Well, the the water from where she from? It, it's got. It's got to be something in the water down there, man. Uh, she's from Chicago. That's right, bro. Oh my goodness. Shot town. Oh my goodness. I even put it in the tweet. Said, look, I mean, she. You can. Hey, man, that's definitely a visual. But as far as uh, we need to talk about her to be called up, bro, she, she ain't ready. Her looks are way better than her ring work. Uh, I, well, I, I, I can tell you that. So, no, 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 no. I got to watch her on Dark every week. I enjoy watching her on Dark every week, but not because of her ring work. She has a, she has a little bit to go. You heard it from Ju the man himself. Put it like this. Julia Hart is better in the ring. Right now, then Sky Blue. Oh, by the by the way, uh, I I I I spoke to him personally. Uh, I sent him a uh, lovely little message. Don't know if he's watching. Don't know if Julie's watching. Congratulations to both my boy Lee Johnson and Julia Hart. Yes, absolutely. They got engaged. Absolutely fantastic. Jesse's uh, crowd reaction sucks. I got to give you mine. The same one. My boy Lee Johnson getting engaged over there, bro. What the fuck? Good for him, man. No, that is awesome. That is awesome. Good for them, man. That is awesome. Uh, we got the ladies here, man. Tag team uh, match. Tony Storm and Hikaru Shida. Tony Storm seemingly has a different fucking partner every week over here. Uh, Ring around the rosy tag team partners against Jamie Hayter and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Why does the women's champion need a tag partner? I don't know. This is what I complained about under my breath while watching this match. I said, why is Tony Storm having a revolving door of tag team partners? Why is she just not in individual title matches to defend her title? Why am I not getting Tony Storm versus Serena D for the women's championship? I would love to know why I'm not getting competitive women's matches to find the fucking real feud for Tony Storm is what I want to know. And Soraya was not on TV tonight. No. For whatever reason, they signed her a big deal. She's not on fucking TV. Two weeks in, she's not on TV. I'm, I'm going to tell you, man. I don't think this Soraya is going to be um, as big of a deal in AEW as people are hoping or thinking that she well, She's uh, supposedly cleared. Doc Sampson cleared her. Yeah, I don't, man. We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. I would love to be wrong on this. I'm not trying to say I don't like her. I enjoy Paige. Um, for her ring work and what she did in WWE, more moreover NXT. Um, I mean, obviously, the woman is, I mean, she was born and raised into this business. She knows pro wrestling. So that's not my concern of what she knows how to do. It's her physical ability to do it. Not, not to mention, she's running with the same gimmick that she came from WWE in. We're living at a time where, where, where transforming yourself and changing yourself and redesigning yourself is very very crucial but she just coming out here i'm the same page you know look at me i'm page you know it do something different show us show us a different side of you at least do that but at the same time i don't know if doctors in wwe 
didn't clear her just to be vindictive because WWE has done nothing but look out for Paige her entire career. Her entire career. So if she left one doctor to, 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 to go to another company and get a doctor that would say yes and, and is going to try to you know risk her health in the process, I hope that's not the case. I hope she turns out to be okay. You know, not that I listen to his show because I don't, but, um, you know, Jim Cornette, very critical of AEW. He actually said something about Soraya, uh, being that she got brought up in the discussion here. He was very critical of the segment that they did uh, a couple of weeks ago. 22 minutes long it went, uh, and he recapped that segment. Apparently, uh, after the promo, Soraya noted on Twitter that she was a little rusty in the segment. People kind of got on her case about uh, her first promo coming out of uh, Grand Slam. So she fired back on Twitter against Cornette and Dirt Sheets and podcasters. She says, Dirt Sheets, podcasters, and an old man that loves to have his voice heard, even if it's full of shit. Cornette loves to talk about me. You're welcome for the clicks and the views. Cornette responded, thank you for the you're welcome, but the last clip we spoke about you in has yet to outperform Jerry Jarrett's locker room fight with Dandy Jack Donovan in 1973. So please try to be more <laughs> interesting. Thanks. Uh, qu- quite, quite, the, quite the reply the <laughs> reply there by Jim Cornette. Um, she needs to stop worrying about the fucking internet. So bro, listen, I, I don't understand. I, 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 I swear to God, I was thinking about this to myself, bro. While I was doing uh, my prep for the live stream earlier. Pro wrestling, uh, you know, pro wrestlers, I honestly think they hate their fans. Deep down, they hate their fans. I'm I, right? It is, right? It is amazing to me. You know, I read, a, I read an article. I know you don't listen to them. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Um, everybody knows my style of music. I love, the, I love heavy metal, rock music, et cetera, et cetera. Corey Taylor from Slipknot actually did an interview uh, because their new album, Slipknot's new album, is getting shit on by critics and reviewers because it's it's fucking dog shit. Let's be real. If you're if you're a fan of Slipknot and the genre of, of heavy metal, their their new album is fucking shit. So he goes on an interview, bro, and he says, you know, fuck the fans basically, and says we make the music and uh, don't complain. Just shut up and listen to what we give you. Really? The, the, oh. the, it's, it reminded me of of fucking pro wrestlers, dude. Everything everything you're critical about them, they fucking. They think you're the worst person ever. You can't have a fucking opinion about what they do. It's unreal to me. It's, they, I mean, they are unappreciative. They are extremely sensitive. And it seems like that they're pulling out the, the, the comments of the minority. It seems like I'm, I'm not an idiot. I know Soraya has a shit ton of fans and stands out there. She'll go through, read them all, and then find the ones that did not enjoy what she did. And then she wants to call them out. Do less. Pay less attention to the internet and just do what you feel you need to do and just see if it's getting over or not with the live crowds. If you stop reading what the internet is saying and stop watching our podcast and you just do what you think is best, then find out what the results are. You're going to drive yourself nuts trying to figure out what to do reading fucking Twitter. Everybody wants to know what is being said about them, bro. It's a fucking addiction. It, everybody yeah. wants to know what they like, what what uh, people like, what they dislike. Do they got something good or bad to say? And, and like you know, it, it happens to me, bro. You know how many fucking great comments we got? How many super chats tonight, man? Out of all the love that we got tonight, it's the one fucking comment, negative comment that I'm gonna fucking pinpoint on or, or yeah. focus in on. It's always the case, bro. Everybody goes through it. Everybody. 
Yeah, she she is a celebrity in the public figure though. It's a little bit different. Do you see do you see Moxley on fucking Twitter no. trying to read what everyone's saying about him? No. Um, dude, focus on you. Now you're gonna put yourself out there as arguing and, and, and beefing with, with the with the internet. You're just fighting with basically imaginary of um, an imaginary foe. You're just fighting the internet. Yeah. Get off of it. Yes, it's basically focus it's basically what Alexa Bliss did to me. Yes. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, at the very least, she pinpointed her beef and narrowed it to one person, okay? I mean, so at least she was focused on who she was talking about and why she was talking about it. But just coming out and just saying, the internet is this, and these podcasters are this, and everything else, your fans, the ones that do enjoy you, they're listening to these people that you're shitting on. So just just get away from the fucking internet and do you. You will do nothing but improve. But you see, someone just put that in the chat. You come off as very, very insecure. Yeah. And that's and that's that's just not something you want to put out there. Just be you and stop worrying about everyone on the internet. Yeah, everybody could get better. I could get better, right? I mean, you know, you see me now and then fucking blast some geek online for talking shit. I mean, Sap is the fucking worst. He, I mean, he's arguing with everybody on fucking everybody. Twitter. Everybody. Everybody's arguing. I don't know why. I don't get it. I, man. Anyway, the, this tag team match was fine, but uh, my gripe is, bro, it, it feels like, and, and she's gotten more TV time than Thunder Rosa has, but it feels like Tony Storm is heading down another directionless path just like everybody else before her, bro. Yeah. I swear to God, I, I don't want to say it, but I'm saying it. That's Tony Storm's been on TV, and she's done great, bro. She's fantastic. I, I you, Everybody knows I love Tony Storm, but directionless, bro. That's how it feels. That's why I made the comment earlier tonight about once they become champion, they they just they start to fizzle. He doesn't know how to book his champions. Are we? Are I mean, we? Are we? Know, are we ex- looking excluding, at excluding the ones that have worked? The majority of them have kind of fizzled after they've gotten their title. Are, are we getting Tony Storm versus Britt Baker? Is that what we're setting up for here? That logic leads me to believe that Tony Storm is going to be champion until Thunder Rosa comes back. You know. So anything in between just just feels mute because you're not going to put that title on someone else and then come back and then Thunder Rosa is still champion. Now she has to feud with that new champion, but she never got a chance to feud with the original interim champion. She's going to stay champion until she comes back. How difficult is this? This, The the, the story should be Tony Storm. Obviously, obviously Tony Storm needs to be the most important thing in the division, and she's not. I feel like she's not. Uh, I feel like everybody that holds that title, it's like a, it's like a fucking curse. Jamie nope. Hayter needs to be broken away from Tony Storm. That should be the story. Your priority now should be Jamie Hayter with the reactions that she's yes. getting should be away from Britt Baker, and that story should be told. Get her yes. away and build her as a solo threat to the TBS title. I don't yes. give a shit about Nyla Rose. I don't yes. give a shit about anybody else. That should be your story. Or Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm. I'll take that. Whatever, as long as it's fucking telling a story about Jamie Hayter. Follow what's I hot. Like, I, I feel like I feel like Jay Cargill in that title is off on an island by herself, away from the other women and the other storylines going on. They just pretend like she doesn't exist. Britt Baker wants to talk about being the best and the leader and shit like that. Why does she not give a fuck that there is a dominant champion over there reigning about how she's 39 and 0 and none of you mofos want to go over there and challenge her? So why not give Jamie Hayter that fucking TBS title and bring that title back to this metaverse 
Well, now Britt Baker can get jealous because Jamie is the TBS champion. And then there's your feud right there. Get Thunder Rosa back. Have a feud with Tony Storm. There's your feud right there. Start some other feuds that involve other women's with storylines and singles matches and have them all come together cohesively. Another bomb. Nick Williams with a $100 super chat on top of his 100 from earlier. Oh, my goodness. Nick Williams, the 120 earlier. Nick Williams, thank you so much, brother. Loving the love so far tonight, man. Thank you so much. He says, this is the best OTS by far. I laughed a lot today. Here's another bomb for you. Thank you so much, brother. You guys are awesome, man. You guys are fucking killing it tonight. Thank you so much. Uh, Sheeta gets the victory here, uh, so it looks like she gets back into the women's title picture because she pinned Britt Baker. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know what we're doing. Britt Baker has taken a lot of L's as of late. I wonder why. She deserves them. I don't know. And you know what? Nobody thinks anything less of Britt Baker. So she nope. can afford these losses. She can afford them. Uh, we got Rampage on Friday. I will not be reviewing it. Only SmackDown. Champion John Moxley and Claudio versus Butcher and Blade with the bunny. That should be fun. Uh, Ethan Page versus Isaiah Cassidy, Nyla Rose versus Anna JAS, and FTR and Sean Spears versus Brian Cage and Gates of Agony. Uh, on paper, it sounds like a, a, a decent rampage, but I mean, at the end of it all, it's not going to really mean much. Dynamite next Tuesday. I will not be here, so do not look for me. I will be back on Thursday. Uh, John Moxley defends against Adam Page. Tony Storm defends against Hikaru Shida. There you go. Uh, and we hear from MJF with Renek Paquette interviewing Brian Danielson and Wheeler Yuta. Sounds like a decent. Uh, dynamite so far. Guys, the- sub to my sub to my YouTube channel and my Twitter. My Twitter is right under my face, and I will be giving out um, updates as to what exactly I will cover, when, and how. There you go. Lawrence Cassidy in the main event with Pack for the All Atlantic Championship. This one got uh, uh, they they just beat the buzzer here. They got about 12 minutes or so. Orange Cassidy wins the All-Atlantic Championship. This was a very good match, as most of their matches have been. So, Pac was in complete control here after what was absolutely one of the sickest moves I think I've seen all week. Pac rolled to the outside and caught Cassidy on a dive into a Falcon's arrow on the fucking concrete, and it looked absolutely brutal. So, this was uh, what gave Pac control of the match he dragged Cassidy's body up and down the ramp and, or a ramp and hit a nasty-looking fucking tombstone uh, on the ramp. Uh, Pac brings Bryce uh, back to the ring and put a count on Cassidy, something that uh, should have ended the fucking match, but he uh, was on the outside, and it made up to a 9, and then right at the 10, he got up to his feet and ran back into the ring. I mean, it is what it is. I don't like those spots, especially after a move like that, but Cassidy beat the 10 count. Cassidy rolled right into a brutalizer as soon as he saved himself from the 10 count, but he got a foot on the ropes to save him and this match. Pack went for the bell hammer outside again, which has been his uh, thing as of late, but he was dropped with a DDT through the ropes on the floor, and my fucking God that I thought, I thought he legitimately broke his fucking neck on that. Did you see that? The, the, no, the, man, the, the, the DDT on the outside, bro, the way he sells his DDTs in general is just fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah no, they, they normally are, yeah. Yeah, sure. but he uh, he absolutely sold the living shit out of this uh, DDT. Back inside, Pack was spiked with another DDT. That's two in a row. Orange Punch followed for a very close uh, two count. Cassidy went to the top of Pack, rolled to the side of the ring, 
and he was planted with a beach break on the ring apron. Pack blocked an orange punch into a bridging suplex into a brutalizer, and once again, once again, Orange Cassidy got to the ropes. So we see the right ear of Pack bleeding. He went for the hammer once again, but he goes out to the ring uh, uh, side area and the timekeeper's area, and all of a sudden, uh, we see Danhausen, who revealed himself to be one of the ring attendants. He wanted to grab the bell hammer, so Danhausen cursed Pack. Danhausen was punched in the face. Bryce Remsburg saw what was going on here, saw that Pack had the hammer in his hand, and Bryce takes the hammer and turns his back. So we see Orange Cassidy go underneath the ring, and he gets another hammer. I know there's another bomb in the chat. Uh, I see it. Uh, let me finish this because it's the end of the match. Uh, Pat goes underneath the ring and gets another hammer. Cassidy popped up and hit another orange punch, uh, and he hits another one after that, and that was basically it. He wins the championship in a great main event between OC and Pac. OC wins his first AEW uh, championship title. And Pac's cheating days finally caught up to him. The show ended with the best friends celebrating with the, the, the shot, the camera shot that zooms out of them uh, giving the people what they want, says Excalibur. And that was uh, the end of Dynamite. I thought this was uh, a very good show. A lot happened on the show. Uh, Jack Perry and Luchasaurus was great. MJF's promo was fucking incredible. Moxley and Paige had an incredible promo segment back and forth. Uh, this match was great between Pac and Orange Cassidy. Jericho and Danielson. Uh, had a great match. This was a great episode of Dynamite. Uh, not perfect, and there's still things to be overly concerned about, but I thought the show was great, Jesse. Yeah, yeah, you know, all in all, and you know, in that's what we do here, guys. We're here, you know, you can watch the show yourself and see what happened. We're here to give our thoughts and opinions and on every last single segment individually. So, I don't want it to feel like that we're shitting on the show if you hear us complain about a thing or two. All in all, you know, this was a great show, but we're just going to pick out the minor things here or there that we would have tweaked or changed or not do again going forward. That's all. But, yeah, no, the show was a fantastic show, man. And I agree with you on the All-Atlantic title, bro. I mean, I, I, I hope, I don't know, I don't know what the future holds, but uh, the All-Atlantic Championship, you know, Pac didn't really do much with the championship. Now he's got the trio championships. I hope that they don't fall into the same fucking dilemma that the All-Atlantic yeah. Championship uh, was shown on AEW television, but three times he defended that title on Dark, and two times he's defended that title on TV. So yeah. is Orange Cassidy going to be any different than Pac with the All-Atlantic Championship? Maybe because he's one of Tony Khan's favorites. But yeah. if you want the titles to be important, then Orange Cassidy needs to defend the title on Dynamite, not at NOAA or fucking New Japan or fucking some... Uh, run-down indie show that nobody fucking's heard of before. It needs to be on Dynamite, and it needs to be a situation where he gets over and makes the title more prestigious because it's just not about creating championships. It's about the people that you put them on. They are the ones, creatively, that are going to make the title look better. So that's what needs to be the case here. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think Orange has an uphill battle with that title because just the— the title within itself just has no place in the company. Like nobody really understands why it's here. You know, the, the I mean, the TNT title is the men's mid card title. Okay. You know, trios titles, self-explanatory tag titles in the world championship. What exactly, if, if you're the all Atlantic champion, what does that mean? Who, who, who are you the best of and what 
rank and what division and where. I heard people telling me at one point, oh, it's the title that's only defended in other promotions, you know, in, to represent AEW. That's not the case because that that's that's not consistent with what they're doing. So what exactly is the purpose and the meaning behind this title? I still don't get it. I just don't get it. Tony Khan needs to go home. And this is the last thing I'll say before we get to the Super Chats. He needs to go home and, and really put, like, divisions together. Like, there's, there's got to be an All-Atlantic division. Who do you want to be vying for that All-Atlantic title? Who's, exactly. got a, who's got a different background? Who's got a, yes. a, a different ethnic background that could go for the All-Atlantic title to give that title me? Ethan Page is a perfect example. He should be the next in line and build him up to challenge Orange Cassidy for the All-Atlantic title. Uh, it's great. There's U.S. representation. There's Canadian representation. There's Bulgarian Amiro. There's uh, the Netherlands uh, and Malachi. Mm -hmm. There's uh, Mexico and Penta and Phoenix and Andrade and Roosh and all this other shit. It, it, bro, the title could mean something if they actually fucking sat down and put a goddamn fucking division together. Do the same thing with the TNT title. Who do you want in that division? Who do you want yeah. vying for that title? Same thing with the world title. Same thing with the women's, the trios. I mean, it's not that fucking difficult. You don't, you don't have to feature everybody on TV, but feature us, give us people in those divisions weekly and showcase them through wins and storylines building with those matches. I, I don't get how it's so fucking difficult. You know, the title's going to go away for fucking six weeks. That's exactly what's going to go. And then you're going to put a title match together and think that it's some big fucking deal. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I don't, I don't get it, man. Anyway, guys, uh, that is all we got for you. We're going to get into the Super Chats uh, in just a second. I appreciate all the love and support. This has uh, blown me away with the fucking level of support you guys have shown uh, off the script tonight. But uh, let's get into the Super Chats and get this party started here. No, let's make sure we start with Jaxo. He needs his he needs yes, spotlight. Yes, Jaxo. Jaxo, $100 Super Chat was the latest in bombs tonight. Why does Tony Storm have no feud, and why is she being partnered with different people every week? Also, I was correct about the fact about Nyla Rose taking that title. TK is doing a horrible job booking the women's division. Also, why did they take the All-Atlantic title off of Pac? I'm doing shit, man. Only thing I said, Jax, was that Orange Cassidy is a favorite of Tony Khan. And he wanted a big moment for this first time in Canada. That was it. And I don't know why Tony Storm has no feud and why she's being partnered with different people every fucking week. She's feel she's feeling directionless, bro. I can give you this much about that. It's par for the course because they did the same thing with Thunder Rosa. Yeah. They made her champion and then start putting her in tag matches. Which is a shame because Tony Storm has everything you want as a female representative for that division. Everything. She is so gorgeous. She is uh, same thing with Thunder Rosa. I'm not taking anything away from Thunder Rosa. Yeah. They are both gorgeous. They are fucking great professional wrestlers. The representation is there. Thunder Rosa with the with the Latino audience and Thunder Rosa uh, just with just what she brings to the table as far as her presence and her style yes. and her look. I mean, you're not feeding off of any of that. Why? You hit the nail on the head. Thunder Rosa was representing a very, very key demographic yes. for your brand. A so. key demo that fucking wrestling promoters are dying to captivate. Right. Jaxo, thank you so much, brother. Thank you for your $100 super chat. Huda Ops with a Canadian, 279 Great stream, JD. Made my day as usual. OTS for life. Thank you, Huda Ops. Nick Williams with a $100 super chat. This has to be the best OTS by far. I left a lot today. Here's one last bomb for you. If you were in charge of a WWE versus AEW pay-per-view, what would your main event be? 
I don't know, bro. Uh, at this point, I'd probably go with uh, I'd probably go with a Kenny Omega versus Roman Reigns. Honestly, could be anything. MJF versus Cody. John Moxie. Anywhere? John Moxie versus Roman Reigns. Anywhere, a main event. Anywhere, anyone, anywhere. You said. Uh, AEW versus WWE pay per view. What would your main event be? Oh shit! It has to be Roman Reigns. Yeah. Uh, so then that that's an easy. And then um. Can you make? I don't want it to be Moxley because then it's just another you know Shield match or whatever. Um, MJF would be fantastic as far as in the ring versus. Um, I would want a baby face, a more of a baby face dynamic for for Roman though. Yeah. Um. Kenny Omega. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Thank you, Nick Williams. Isaac Smith with a new membership. Thank you, Isaac Smith. What are you drinking tonight in the venue, brother? Kazama Fury with a 199 Super Chat. Tony Stone's booking picks up where Rosa left off. There you go, man. We're not the only ones feeling it. Yep. Not the only ones feeling it. The cake with a $2 Super Chat. Hanger feels like a footnote in this story. because that, that, That's because he is, bro. He's not meant to win the world title. He's just a footnote on the way to Moxley MJF. He also says, is it me or does DG have a bigger spot than Wardog? Yes, Daniel Garcia has a bigger spot than Wardog. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cake also with an 18-month membership. Thank you, brother. Uh, I don't think you have to worry about the Dark Horse. JD, I had my fix. I had to fix my CC. I can't wait to rock with the interim head of the IWC, Jesse. I don't think you have to worry about the dark horse. Bro, uh, I don't know if you're talking. I, I think you're talking about the new Mustang dark horse, bro, for 2024. Uh, I, I'm in love, bro. I don't know what I'm going to do. I haven't seen it yet. I got to go check it you out. Got, bro, you got to go Google this thing, man. Oh, my goodness. I am uh, I am contemplating big time. Uh, James, is with that, the one. Is it, is it a supercharge? Uh, it is, uh, it is basically a, uh, I think it's basically a Shelby without the fucking logo. Bro, that's gonna be definitely six figures, man. And then you gotta worry about, um, driving it year-round. Yeah. That sounds like the kind of car that people buy when they have a more practical car to drive every day. Now look it up. It may be. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's going to be a step low Shelby. It may. It may be. It may be a GT without the the without the the logo. So we'll see. I don't know. I got to read up more on it. But man, I just looked at the aesthetics. I looked at the inside and the outside. Man, oh my god, am I in love? The color. Oh, oh. I'm looking at it right now, bro. This is a 500 horsepower Mustang rear wheel. No, this is not the kind of car you buy to be your to be your daily driver, bro. No. What, what no. are you talking about? What, why not? Because A, gas prices. B, you don't want anybody fucking it up. And C, it's not the car to be driven around in the wintertime. It's a 500 horsepower Mustang. Bro. Take it from the guy who's had a real muscle car. Trust me, man. So you're Trust saying me. I should move to a warmer climate? You can do that. Sure. All but, right, man. It's gonna be, you're you're going to have to do more to convince me not to fucking be interested in that, bro. Okay, you'll spend your fucking hard-earned money on it and then try to figure out what you're going to drive when a blizzard hits or when gas is still through the roof and you're paying fucking a million dollars for one fill-up. Bro, it's a gas-guzzling V8. It, I mean, you will enjoy it. You will enjoy the shit out of it, but it's not a daily driver, man.
Anyone who's owned a real muscle car would tell you this is not a daily driver. So what am I getting, bro? What, uh, the 2024, do I just upgrade to a new 2024 version? You can get this car, but you need to get yourself a daily. Get a, get a, get a fucking a Corolla. A fucking a nice fucking Corolla to drive around when you don't want to put this fucking beast on the street, man. But you can't drive this every fucking day. It's not a daily driver. If you had a Ferrari, you wouldn't drive it to the grocery store. Why not? Chat, please help me out here. Tell this fucking guy. James, little $100 super chat. Thank you, brother. $100. He says, you are no longer the only lord in the OTS fam. I'm now 100% official a established titles. Um, official via established titles. And the wife is an official lady that came in today. Also, I send you a PM on the gram. Have a great vacation and enjoy everything you'll see. Much love, OTS for life. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much, man. Daniel Bravo with a 99-99 Super Chat. Hey, JD, I enjoy the show tonight, and I think if they keep putting on this level of shows, AEW can get back on track. Yeah, they just got to make sense of all the wrongs. They definitely got to make sense of all the wrongs, bro. There's a lot of wrong, even though there's a lot of right as well. Thank you, brother. 99.99. Thank you for your generosity. James with a new membership. James Morrow. Thank you, bro. Man of a thousand and five holds. Two dollar super chat. Looks like you're gonna buy another Mustang tonight. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, not right now. Stick, bro. Say again. I hope you can drive stick. I mean, I can drive stick because real drivers know how to drive stick. No, I, I don't know how to drive stick. stick. We ain't getting this car, bro. Real muscle car, bro. Stick shift. I gotta do my research on it. Maybe I'll just upgrade to uh, basically the same version I got now, but newer. Yes, I'm a fucking geek, okay? Yes, thank you. Christ, bro. Yes. That doesn't mean I can't drive. Oh, that's exactly what it means. No, it doesn't. That's exactly what it is. You means. sound like a fucking wrestling elitist, bro. Shut the fuck up, all right? Learn Give me a break with this shit. Stick. Oh, you can't drive stick. Learn how to drive stick, you fucking snowflake. Jeez. Man of a thousand and five holes. Thank you, brother. Broken saw with the $500 super chat. Unbelievable, man. Thank you, brother. Means the world, man. Last year, Pepsi Man came around and donated $1,000 between two streams. So here I am again. Enjoy my fellow goon. Unreal. Drizzy Drew with a 199. Renee is wrestling Doris Burke. Very likable. I don't know who that is. What? Doris Burke? And Renee's not wrestling anybody. Renee is wrestling's Doris Burke, meaning that her, oh. her, her, oh, oh, oh. I guess, aura or personality. Oh, I see. I see. I see. I see. Corey Williams with a 499.99 super chat. My God. Man. Thank you so much. He leaves no message. He just leaves a fucking $500 bomb. Just <laughs> because. Raging Girl Gamer with a $100 super chat. She said the Braves won, but they still suck. Thank you, Rage. Thank you for your love and support. Man of a thousand and five holes with a 14-month membership. Happy to be a, be a to be a VIP on OTS. Thank you, brother. We're happy to have you here, man. 
Black's Brawl with a 199 Super Chat. Favorite Rey Mysterio match? That's a tough one, man. I don't really know. Kurt Angle, maybe? Eddie but Guerrero. You're in luck. You're in luck. It does. It does come available with a ten-speed automatic wussy transmission, so you can you can still get it. Okay, so uh, yes, it's going to be more expensive though. Probably. Yeah. Nick Williams with a one hundred and twenty-dollar super chat. Awesome dynamite. Said that DB lost though. Grats to the Braves winning. I need the OTS help, though. I'm going to uh, the October 24th edition of Raw, but I can't decide what sign to draw to represent OTS. you have any suggestions, JD? Uh, just draw the logo, bro. Just draw the logo. Make sure it's bright and visible, and you're good to go, man. They'll know what it is. They'll know what it is, bro. Road Dog will know. Joseph Taylor with $2 Super Chat. He says, I heard Jesse watching Impact Wrestling. Yeah, man. Oh, since we got me watching uh, Bound for Glory, I still got to finish it. Oh. Look at so that. Oh, so we coming through again, man. Look at this guy. So far, very mid, but I'll admit, I have not gotten, I have not even gotten to the halfway mark yet, so I could get blown away. Oh, you mean to tell me Impact was mid, bro? Mid-packed? Oh, just, to, just to start off, I'm, hey, I'm just calling it like I see it, but there's a lot that I have not seen yet, so I'm not going to label it as that just yet. Tenario with a $5 super chat. If you guys want good tacos, Albuquerque is the place. I've never been to New Mexico, bro. Yeah, me either. Uh, no, not me either, no. No, on this guy, he'll say the, the best tacos are at uh, Chi-Town Smarks household. I mean, that's known. I figured he just <laughs> meant in the state of New Mexico. I mean, that's fine, but I mean, for out here, yes. My house, I mean, duh. MGM Bowling with a 12-month membership. Kind of glad Garcia didn't turn face. Promo skills weren't resonating with me, so let Jericho and 2.0 talk until he can. Can't wait for the red mic OTS for life. Thank you, brother. That's a good point. Yeah, it is a good point. Garcia is, uh, he's okay. He's not uh, where he needs to be as far as promo work, but. Yeah. You know, you can jump out of that $60,000 Mustang get the $85,000 Dodge Challenger Demon. The Dodge Challenger Demon? The Demon. I gotta look that up. I don't know what that, I don't know what that looks like. Get a Demon. Uh, Drizzy Drew, heard about Ariel Hawani. Yikes. I smell a WWE shield. Yes, bro, we talked about that earlier in the show. 199 Super Chat. Thank you, man. Um... Tenario with a $10 Super Chat. Jamie Hayter is over. Yes, she is. Uh, and also, JD, have you ever watched the show Sons of Anarchy? No, I have not. I watch oh. Yellowstone, and Yellowstone is basically the cowboy version of Sons of Anarchy. Uh, I don't know about Yellowstone, but you definitely got to get into Sons when you get a chance to start a new show. Lord J. Coyle, 13-month membership. Thank you, brother. Very happy to have been a VIP for 13 months. I want to know which Decepticon was your favorite if Megatron, your second favorite. Well, Megatron was my first, and Starscream was my second. Yes, Starscream. And Soundwave is uh, number three. Yes. Yes, yes. The Hellcat is nice, too, uh, Tempest, but the... The demon is the top top tier. I guess you. I guess you want to compare apples to apples on this dark horse versus a dodge. I would say the Hellcat versus the dark horse. 
Joseph Taylor with a five dollar super chat. JD Jesse favorite Chris Benoit match. Who's better, Fozzie or Alter Bridge? Come on, Joseph Taylor. I mean, give me a fucking break, bro. Are you really comparing Fozzie and Alter Bridge? Oh my good Alter Bridge new album coming out on Friday. By the way, I'm hearing uh, wonderful things about it. And my favorite Chris Benoit match, I would probably say. I don't know, Probably man. Ladder match. Guerrero, yeah, know? yeah. I mean, that, that's too easy. Probably Jericho at the Royal Rumble 2001 and uh, Kurt Angle, maybe WrestleMania Angle, 17. Say, no, Kurt Angle. Yeah. Yeah, Kurt Angle, WrestleMania 17. Yeah. Um, what else we got here? We got uh, Tony Brown with a 499 Super Chat. He says, Boo T Meat. Yes. Jamie. You can't go Wait, wrong you, in AW, bro. Do you see now how Tony Storm's. Booty meat rating has declined because she is, I mean, again, to her benefit, to her credit, she's uh, tightening up her body. She's lost some weight, getting in better shape, but she lost some of that booty meat, bro. Uh, not to me. I don't know what the fuck you're watching. She lost some of that booty meat, bro. No, I don't know. I don't, uh, bro, expert, it's, it's still there, bro. I'm an extraordinaire. Yeah, it's still there, man. And I quite I quite like her in the longer pants. I think they, uh, they look, I, I honestly, I think they look better on her than what she usually wears. Yeah. I don't know. It's just something. Just something. I don't know. Just an observation. Uh, Michelle Moran with a two-dollar super chat. Garcia and Brian feud is the only is the right call by TK. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. Lucha Rillas with a one hundred dollars super chat. Thank you, Lucha Rillas. He says hello, JD and Jesse. We're big fans of OTS. Thank you, man. Or thank you, guys. We are our, we are Lucha Rillas, uh, a merch brand by wrestling fans for wrestling who love good art. We offer shirts and accessories with quality artwork, most of it done by our co-founder, Eric, featuring gorillas inspired by Lucha Libre. There you go, man. There you go. Are, are, you, are you asking me if I want some Lucharilla's uh, OTS merchandise to be sold? Well, he's, he's put my, put, put, let's do it, bro. Let's do it. Let, let's get me featured uh, and drawn on uh, a gorilla holding a fucking cold beverage, bro. Let's do it. I think that was I think that was very honorable, man. He, you know, paid a, li- a nice little super chat donation for a little advertising spot. There you go. Show. Yeah, great. Cool. Lucha Rillas, guys, look him up. Thank you, man. Or oh, thank you, guys. Eric, shout out to Eric, founder of Lucha Rillas. Uh, let's see who else we got. We got uh, Magician Sapphire with a ten dollars super chat. Honestly, it feels like AW spinning the wheels with most of their championship programs. It seems like TK is still trying to solo book everything. And he's not learning from his past mistakes. Uh, you're probably right, magician. There is uh, there is a repetitive nature to TK and, and him not really learning from his mistakes. Even though the show was good tonight, there are things that are not right with the show. Tenario, this is Super Chat. JD, have you ever thought about investing in a Camaro? No. 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 Camaro sucks. Joseph Taylor. J.D. Jesse, favorite Chris Benoit match? Uh, we just answered that question. Thank you, Joseph Taylor. Jaxo with a $10 Super Chat. Uh, I don't know why they had Daniel Garcia turn on Danielson. Whether it feels counterproductive or whether it feels correct. Also, I enjoyed the show. Jesse, Impact sucks. I'm going to give it a chance, man. I'm hearing this show was good, so I'm going to watch it. There you Sorry. go. Francisco, $2 Super Chat with a ridiculous question. Chicago pizza or New York pizza? That is a ridiculous question. Let's New York pizza all the way. Let's just move on. <laughs> because it's a ridiculous question. <laughs> he can't even answer the fucking question, man. Answer, uh, the question answers itself, bro. 
Yes, New York pizza. Uh, okay, all right. Just ah, uh, that's pretty much it. That's all of it. That's all, all the super chats. Yeah, that's all. All right, that's you it. Guys are fucking killing it tonight, man. Holy smokes! I know you guys killed it tonight, man. I don't, I don't know what to. Uh, I don't know what was in the OTS water, man. Ooh. Anyway, listen, uh, before we get out of here and before we get in the Mustang, I just want to say thank you guys. Uh, this Friday will be the probably last live stream before I fly out to Ireland. I'm leaving uh, Saturday at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, I will be uh, arriving in Ireland uh, sometime uh, 8 a.m., 9 a.m. Their, their time, I think, or something like that. Um, it's going to be great. I've never been to Europe before. Uh, it's my first time. I've always wanted to go. It's always been on a bucket list for me to go to the Guinness factory or Guinness brewery and, and Jameson distillery and just drink Guinness and drink uh, Guinness by uh, the countryside. So um, plans were in motion for most of the year to get it done. And it's done. It's happening in October. Um, I wanted it to be in October because of Oktoberfest around this time. So uh, it's going to be a good time. I'll be there for five days, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, or actually Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I'm back on Thursday. So uh, I will I will be missing Monday Night Raw, and I will be missing Dynamite on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, I will probably be filming a little bit for some vlogs and some Twitter uh, videos and Instagram and, and whatnot, but uh, if you guys need anything, please, I urge you to go follow Jesse, subscribe and follow him on Twitter and go watch what he does on Tuesday because I will not be here Soon as we land on Thursday, I will be back live right into the uh, thick of things again because I, I hate being away, man. It's very uncomfortable for me. Wait, uh, so I'm hearing that you got interviews set up with uh, Cultaholic and WrestleTalk, bro. Is that true, man? No. No, I don't, uh, I don't meddle with the Wrestle Geeks. Even though some of the guys over there are pretty cool and some of them do follow me on Twitter, uh, I don't really like the UK wrestling scene as far as the content creators are concerned. I think they're too... Uh, they're a little too... Uh, Happy? Unnatural for me. Pop, pop. Maybe just they're happy people over I there. I don't know. Whatever, it. man. You're Listen, gonna go, you're you gonna want go me to be there. just as happy, man? Give me a fucking nice English pub ale, man. That's that's all you gotta do, okay? You're gonna go over there to their country and to their culture with this with this NY attitude, and they're gonna fucking kick your ass, man. Whatever. Just go watch this fucking guy on Tuesday, please. I'm getting the hell out of here, man. Listen, any uh, any parting words, bro? Before we get the hell out of here. Nah, nah, I'm good. Getting out of here. Thanks, you guys, for being here. Um, tell you what, I got something. I've been watching Bosch because that's where our boy Osuki Vasquez, uh, that's, that's the show he works on. So if you have Amazon Prime, uh, check out Bosch Legacy. It's, uh, I'm, I'm watching it. I'm actually watching it. I love it. It's good shit. There you go. All right, guys, uh, you'll see me back tomorrow and Friday, and uh, we'll figure out what's going on for the weekend, guys. But thank you so very much for all your support. I appreciate y'all. And uh, I need to see that uh, that music on Max, bro. I need those guitar emojis in the chat. Music on Max, you guys know the deal. I'll see you back on Friday. Thank you for everything, and I will see you guys on Friday.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.